Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talks of Lonely Podcast. I am Emmett Morgan. I'm not the host of this podcast, but I'm looking, feeling, smelling like a million bucks. Today, uh, Limley, who are you interviewing? I who, who are we conversing with? I, we are talking with Oscar. He is a co uh, ex coworker. Uh, both of us walk, worked in software, and he's probably one of the top software engineers that I've worked with. Um, he's able to get hands on dirty with code and then look at it from a high high level view. I think that's a, a an exceptional combination where I've worked with some people where they know how to get down and dirty with code, but then they don't know how to take a few steps back and say, hey, how is this code affecting the system? How does this code affect the humans on the system? That's a, that's a big thing most coders don't know how to do. Um, so I, I think that's a, 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 something that I've got to experience with Oscar. Um, I think both of us, we also, I think we're both, I think that's a common trait that we both happen to have. Uh, that we're able to back up and look at the code and how it affects other humans. Yeah, uh, we we asked Oscar what are some suggestions on I think when um, if I remember correctly it was what starting out with programming like JavaScript or C sharp the uh, the pros and cons of JavaScript versus uh, C sharp when beginning. But then there's also um, so we discussed some of that. Um, oh, if you want your kids to be uh, smart and become computer programmers instead of dumb shits. So if a listener doesn't give a shit about programming, what are the exciting things that we talk about today we, that'll get them juiced up besides coconut bras? <laughs> uh, we talked about spam. <laughs> spam. <laughs> no, it's just us that gets excited about spam. <laughs> we talked about his, his coming to America, the visa, the, getting the visa and working for a company, which oh, yeah. I think do maybe due to the, I don't know if things are different because that was, yeah, 30, 30 years ago. I don't yeah. know. If, listen, I don't know. Audience, if you listen to that story of that would help you. But I, I think it's very uh, I think it's great to hear about the what America was importing software engineers at that time and kind yeah. of hear that story of it. I thought that was really interesting. Also, Oscar Smart, he scored a chick in programming school. <laughs> Oscar, how would you describe yourself today? Tell us about you. Um, how would I describe myself? Yeah, yeah, make it sound good. I just pump, um, pump up your resume. I just use uh, computers <laughs> or apply computers um, to make businesses more efficient and make the user experience better. Oh, that didn't sound exciting at all. Oscar no. also does some dirtbag shit. <laughs> <laughs> he he goes through every company he worked at and all the dirtbag shit that they did. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I mean, his story stems from like basically poverty and getting in coding learning coding on paper and then getting to america so that that's a very interesting yeah. story yeah good podcast hang in there get ready i didn't mean to, i didn't mean to steal their thunder you no, let's go with this intro we'll, try, <laughs> we'll see what it, what it's like all right audience stay tuned cut i got a i got a burning question for oscar what's that have you ever ridden in a tesla automobile no i have not okay well then, that's the end of my question. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna ask if you were impressed with the programming in the Teslas. Mm, I'm not really inclined to try a Tesla only because of the mileage um, issues. Like you know, like they only last a certain miles. Right, or? right. I mean, yeah, you know, like if you want to go to LA, yeah, you have to stop somewhere. Oh, I thought you meant they don't last a long time. No, I mean like uh, what's that other car? The uh, range. Right, the range. Um, up there um i mean it still doesn't have the range 
but you don't even have to charge at all. Like if you have it in the car in the parking lot. Wait, it's an electric car that you don't have to charge. And uses solar. Oh, from what I've read and heard, the if you have solar on your car, the solar is such a slow rate that it's not enough to really right. The Aptera is, is really like a like a hybrid motorcycle type thing. Oh. So it's pretty light. Okay. So it's able to create enough juice so that you can. Keep so going. you would ride a solar electric motorcycle from Las Vegas to L.A. Well, not. It, it still doesn't have the range. Yeah, it won't still have the range. No, the sun is forever. True, true. You can still stop, but you just need a solar helmet, right? There you go. I know. I think no. It, it's covered. Um, so it is a car. Okay. Technically a car, but it's three wheel as opposed to. Ah, four. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that could be great, but then there's dudes like me that have a big truck, and if you get into an accident, which we know happens in the U.S. Mm. Um, more than we would like. Uh, you're probably not going to do well. Yeah, in that's true. That's true. Yeah. In fact, I just had a guy today, like as I was driving here. Yeah. This guy, he's, um, he had some work gear with him crossing rainbow. Okay. And <laughs> you're going to identify him here. Not <laughs> it's on a him. red truck. <laughs> no, no, no. Like Johnson's roofing. No, no. Pedestrian. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. The guy no was... pedestrian crossing. Okay. Unmarked, nothing. And then he just started crossing the road. Oh, I can tell you why. <laughs> I, I talked to a, a metro officer. Uh, they are no longer uh, ticketing for jaywalking. Like it's well, still illegal, but they they won't they won't uh, go after jaywalkers. Right, but this guy was like mad at us, like the the drivers. Like we had yeah. to stop for him, and then you know I had to really put on the brakes really hard, and then yeah. he was like cussing like really hard at us. Like I'm like mm. really. <laughs> do you think do you think there was some mental instability going on there? No, I, I think he's a worker. Uh, oh, like a construction guy? Yeah, a construction on the road? guy. Oh. Hmm. Was there and a bunch of cones around? No, and he didn't have a vest. He didn't have like a stop sign, nothing. Oh, it didn't sound like he a real construction equipment. guy then, yeah. I don't know, like he was like surveying the the land maybe for sale or something. I don't know. So when I when I used to have my uh, Corvette, it's a, it's a manual stick, mm-hmm. so it's easy to rev up the engine in neutral. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if pedestrians get a little saucy with me, I rev the engine, and then they they get more scared than angry. I don't think they'll be scared with my car. <laughs> the one, at least the one I brought today. And then the other one is, I, I don't think it can you brought really your rev. Aptera? The, the, no, the hybrid one, but it's also like not very, I don't think it revs hard because it's uh It's, it's hybrid. hybrid, yeah. No, I've heard that uh, hybrid and electric cars, they, they're too quiet. Like people don't hear right. them coming, right? Yeah. Okay. Stealth mode. Yeah. Sorry, I, that was my burning question. I don't know if I led us too far. <laughs> into into being Oscar's personal world here. <laughs> what do you guys want to start talking about? Um, uh, do you want to just do about software engineering or? Sure. Um, Up to you guys. I have a fantasy. Do, you can tell me if this is realistic or not. Okay. If if I ever have some money, I want to assemble some software students from UNLV or something and have them program the video games that I want. To be, I guess a game development team. Yeah, you can do that. Um, the thing with games is that it's really hard. It's it's the creative side, right? It's no. I'll tell them what to do. Yeah, you can do that, and then they just make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Do you know? Um, do you know what tower defense games are? Yes. So I have a favorite tower defense game, and then every couple of years I go look for new ones, and they're never as good. So I'd want to just like clone that one. Loon. No, it's. Uh, that one's for children. No, uh, <laughs> I love Loon. I'm still a child at heart. <laughs> it's like, all in the mind. 
I like Cursed Treasure 2. Not uh, familiar with that one, actually. It has the right uh, level of difficulty where it keeps me... In, so normally I'm playing like stupid, simple games while I'm listening to YouTube or, or music or something. Or podcasts. Or, yeah, I listen or to this podcast <laughs> all the time. It is weird when people walk in and see me watching myself like, oh, I look, oh that's pretty smart. It's a good guy. <laughs> but that game is the right level of like challenging. Like if a game is too hard, mm. then I'm like, well, I might as well be doing something productive instead of putting time and energy into this game. But if True. it's the right level of relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you should be able to get, you know, people to do things if you have the money. Do I just need one poor student or do I need like five? Mm. I haven't actually done games, so I'm not sure. Let me throw out. So what I told Emmett, I think the, the issue with uh, college students, that's good and bad. You're going to get the super cheap work, but you're going to get students that don't know really how to structure databases, <clears throat> how to structure code. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get a mishmash of things. And then if you if they write something good, you're going to want to incentivize them to stay because if they write something good, they're going to be able to probably go find a job. So this is going to go yeah. on their resume. So mm. if you pay them too cheap within six months, a year, maybe two years, if you're lucky, really lucky, I think two years. Um, so let, let's say one year, you'll probably get them for maybe one year. They're going to go look for another job. Right. So yeah, but this game shouldn't take more than a year, right? It shouldn't. <laughs> Depends. Right. Depends. It's That's all. Everybody depends. Yeah. Everybody goes to put out an app, and it takes them like eighteen years to build the app. Right. <laughs> now I always tell everyone, like to me, like software development is more like um, gardening as opposed to uh, oh. construction site, okay. because there's a lot of unpredictability. Like, yes, you try to guide it, you know, water it, fertilize it, remove the weeds, but things happen. Yeah. Um, and it's not as predictable as a construction site or a car or like, you know, something mechanical like that. Yeah. So you have animals come in and dig up your shit. Yeah. People think bunny rabbits are cute, but they eat all your fucking garden. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I have so, a new view on. So I think part of the college um, student things is you'd have to make sure you build in a revolving door um, system in mm. your planning to anticipate six months to a year. And I think a majority of them will be less than six months, actually. You're going to get that lucky one or two out of 10 or 20. The Indian guy. That happens to want to stay one or two years. <laughs> um, so you're going to have to build in a revolving door where you plan that within six months, you got to find somebody else to replace that person. Yeah. Um, if any, I mean, you probably want to do, if try to get as many as you can, like a group of five. I don't know if you could get 10. Is it harder to get more programmers to work together? Yeah, there's going to be a bit more coordination. And then especially if they're all new, then you're, you know, having to train them like you're spending a bit of time on that. So there's overhead. Um, there's this Dilbert um, comic strip. Uh, Dilbert? Like, oh, Dilbert. Dilbert, yeah. yeah. And then he was like, um, okay, so this, this project is supposed to uh, take 365 days. So I hired 365 guys. You're fired at the end of the day. <laughs> 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 that sounds exactly applicable to what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. work like that. <laughs> no, nope. I, I would bribe you guys to uh, to architect it and then come in on Fridays and yell at them. It, that would I'd actually to oversight. It would kind of help a lot to have a high level person at least give a a, a template. Yeah, you can draw could, on the whiteboard and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that they could work on. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then if they don't accomplish it, then yeah, you need somebody to come in and say, "Hey, this is not going the right route, or we need to change this and that." Yeah, and uh, the thing about, uh, they say, um, cheap is not always cheap. 
Right. Um, it applies here as well because like you can easily hire so many people and then they don't really produce anything at all versus you just hired one or two that are really good veterans and they know what they're doing. They just produce something fast. So, so you're saying it's going to cost me $400,000 to have the ultimate tower defense game. If it's the ultimate, maybe it's yeah. more. Shit. <laughs> I'm trying to do it cheap here, bro. <laughs> That's a problem. I don't know. I wonder how much uh, college students, they should want to, well, hopefully you can get some as interns for free. No, profit, profit share. Profit sharing. But yeah. then is, is there current new laws that are a little bit harsher on those things? Like you can't really, there's like the intern where you can't have them actually work on anything production. Right. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so they'd have to do the. Uh, but if you tell them, or if you tell them like it's a startup model, then they're all part owners, like you said. Yeah. So they're vested. They, I mean, you know, depending on how flexible they are, they can be just zero pay, but with um, interest in the company. But all we really care about is their programming skills, right? Yeah. What if I pay the minimum wage with uh, profit sharing? Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, the, the first chance they get that somebody's going to hire them, yeah, they yeah. might jump. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Because within s- maybe a year, um, they should have enough knowledge that they've learned for your company. If you are if you have a decent company, within a year, they should learn enough. And unfortunately, they're going to be able to get $20, $30 an hour, uh, probably more. But Like then go work for some HOA software company or something? <laughs> 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 or even Google. <laughs> I heard Google is a good cafeteria. <laughs> there you go. They have like international cafeteria. Yeah. I don't know if that's still true or not. That's, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. If anybody out there watching knows, we need, oh, I should ask Ethan. Ethan Lee, we want to know, does Google <laughs> still have excellent food at the cafeteria? Let I bet, us know, Ethan. I bet he snuck in there before. <laughs> he, li- he lives near that uh, Google main campus and he's yeah. always, uh, he has renters that mm. are Google engineers. Wow. Um, so... So I think for years, for like probably 10, 12 years now, he, he knows a lot of yeah Google dudes. I mean, I'm stereotyping, but I think they're mostly dudes. And he's probably like, you know, having breakfast every day over there. Wait, is there, um, are there any, okay, let me find the right way to ask this. <laughs> Do you know of any female software engineers, competent? Yeah. Good. Yeah. So one out of a hundred or one out of 10, not one out of 10. Let's say, okay, let's say 30% Indian dudes, 20% Chinese guys, 18% Filipinos. What's um, our, oh, hey, yeah, hmm. if you were going to, if you're going to demographic software engineers in the U.S., that's interesting. What is the demographics of the typical? I'm going to flag myself. I, I don't know if I want to add the story in. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've if this with, isn't deleted, then you're getting some inside juice right here. It's, uh, no, it's just, I've only worked with one female programmer. Yeah. So I, if she happens to watch this, she's going to know who it is. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, she wasn't that great, but she wasn't passionate about it. One key moment for me when I was uh, talking to her, I said, so you have three, uh, three kids, was it? I said, are you going to teach your sons and daughters how to program? Like, this is a lucrative career. And she's like, no, yeah. I hate this job. I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want them ever to touch programming. I'm like, oh. So anyways, that, that was a reflection of her work. She got stuff done. She, she wanted to be at a gender reveal party instead? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she got work done. It's gonna but, give me a trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, her the caliber, unfortunately, of that code wasn't that great, and it was indicative of that statement. So I'm not trying. I don't. I'm not trying to make fun of her. It's just, I guess, the yeah. story. And, on, and when you ask how many female programmers there are, so I've worked with 
I've probably only worked with about 40 programmers and throughout my career, maybe less. Yeah. I haven't worked with that many, maybe even less than that, maybe 30. But also there was, you went to school and then you see other companies and you know about program, you go to a, you go to a, uh, like a, I don't want to say a meetup, but like you go to a programmer events, other programmer events. Yeah. Is there a big gala ball at the end of the year where all the programmers go and get dressed up in tuxedos? There was actually an event, but I, never, I don't remember <laughs> I if it was. It wasn't a, it wasn't a baller well, event. It wasn't awesome. <laughs> it was like a land party. <laughs> no, no. Uh, they, uh, the one that I went to with you, um, game. Oh yeah. Game. Yeah. What's the name of that place? Game Arcades. Works. Game works. Yeah. Um, I think they, uh, they paid for some of the food. So they actually like a, did a event where they, they had free food for us. Right. Um, but it was, I would say, I'm going to guess if they had to put money out for it, it was probably like maybe less than $200. I'm guessing. Yeah, I think they had a sponsor. Uh, a company sponsored it. Yeah, oh. yeah. I would sponsor a GameWorks event for programmers for two hundred bucks. There you go. I got five. <laughs> Wait, how many programmers are we talk about? Um, well, they were they're a bit more than two hundred because there was a lot of food. Oh, oh it's there? like a dollar yeah. a guy. <laughs> Wait, right. so at that event, how many chicks? How many female programmers? Probably fifty people. Yeah, fifty people and. Wait, fifty of them were female. Oh, two. there was only fifty people. Yeah, only okay. two or three girls maybe. I don't remember exactly how many. Oscar, um, he doesn't want to admit on camera that he was scoping chicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there was one on our table. I only there have eyes for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, no, there's, I think there was maybe, maybe five. But yeah, it's, it's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, agree. So at best, one out of 10 mm -hmm. software developers, programmers is not a dude. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot more these days. It's starting to... <clears throat> be a bit better but yeah yeah back i like in that the days yeah, yeah. We, back we in the want, days it was really bad we want the most uh capable minds yep. re regardless of gender working on software because that it's everything we do now i mean yeah for sure and and the diversity i think they bring a different <laughs> mindset yeah and sometimes you would i mean that's true for almost everything right i mean if you're so used to doing certain things one way and us guys we're like you know predetermined to like uh do things a certain way yeah. and then somebody comes along and they're like oh let's do it this way and you're like you're crazy and then oh that's actually pretty good <laughs> i mean you know it just happens right Wait, i mean so if there's if there's women involved you're hiding less dick jokes in the code i actually i don't think i ever write anything in my code that i would not want to look at years later so because you could put notes in there that are not part of the code right yeah, yeah. yes you I, can. i've actually uh, i worked with a vietnamese guy and then it was i think three years later when i found his code yeah it actually had uh in Vietnamese, he wrote penis. In Vietnamese. <laughs> so nobody would know what that was except for a Vietnamese person. Right. <laughs> I, it fucking cracked me up, dude. It was probably the, one of the funniest freaking... Because it was so ex unexpected for me to crawl through that code and get right. that deep into a module that somebody else uh, built so long ago and hasn't been touched. So. I totally pulled it out of my ass. I never knew that programmers were actually writing dick jokes in the code. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. Can you imagine if that code is run like a million times? That null line that's not doing anything gets run and skipped over every time that that program, every time that module goes, right? I think every time the, compi the compiler would remove it, so the compiler has to skip it. Uh. Well, it depends. Um, if you have like a compiled language, then it would be gone it by the time it runs. Okay. Yeah. yeah, then it'll be gone. But if it's using something like JavaScript, which is a lot of uh, coding these days, yeah. then it would be there. Yeah. Just live there in the code. Yep. There we go. Hidden dick jokes. We didn't know. <laughs> and now the audience knows. <laughs> yeah. 
So if we get more women into programming, there will be less dick jokes. <laughs> and definitely no vagina comments. <laughs> we, need, we need balance to the force. Forward slash, forward slash, and she's sharp is comment. So then <laughs> the JJ afterwards. <laughs> oh, man, we're off the rails. <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> All right, Sorry. let's get into something a little bit more practical. I don't know. Um, so you've been work uh, C sharp. You worked with what? Yeah. What recent languages have you been uh, still doing? Um, or do we want Oscar story? Is that what we're doing? I don't know. I, I was. Do you want to tell us your life story? Your programming life. life? Story. Uh, it's really a sub story. <laughs> no. Um, well, I came from the Philippines. I've been um, programming for what thirty? What was it like eighty? What, since you were five? Look at you, dude. Eighty-seven. Thirty-five now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was around eighty-seven. When I started coding, was it was it Fortran? No, it was actually Pascal. <laughs> yeah, on paper. Oh Pascal. no, no, basic, basic. Okay, basic. On paper, not on a computer, because uh, our school was so poor, we didn't really have um, computers, or I guess it was so expensive. Wait, you like learned that. to code on paper? Yep. Like all the commands and. Yep. That's crazy, And our teacher bro. was the compiler. She was really good. <laughs> like mentally, she would. Nah, yeah, nah, nah, she nah, would nah. look at it and she's like, "Oh, you're missing a, an operator here," and I'm like. Wow. How did you know that? But, you know, she was, yeah, she was pretty good. Do, do you think learning on paper made you a better programmer? Because that sounds hardcore. Mm, maybe. It, is there a thing to where if it's harder to learn, then you learn it better? Yes, it could be. Um, like like anything else, um, if the harder it is and then you achieve something, uh, you know, productive with it, then yeah. you have that, yeah. Whereas wow. um, you also have a lot of potential to just give up and like, ah, screw this. Like, Oh, was there a burnout rate in your class? No. Did people? No, it, it wasn't like a lot. I mean, it wasn't like a, it was only like an hour a week, I think. Oh, so in Asia, if you get the chance to go to a class, you better not fucking fail. Your parents will literally kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> Any I class mean, you get the opportunity to go to. I think that's still true here in the U.S., right? Like yeah. If the, especially if the parents are like uh, first generation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I didn't get to go to school, so you better fucking get an A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so basic, that was before Visual Basic. Yes, this was before uh, Visual Basic. And of course, we can't really do Visual Basic because we're on paper. Yeah, so we're on handwriting so, basic. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> handwriting basic with line numbers and everything. Wait, do you just get pencil so you get erase? Or was it pen to up the stakes? I don't remember, actually. <laughs> you know, I think we just, we just crossed out. Uh, I think it was pen. Okay. We just crossed out when it's, you know, you want to move or just insert something. Okay, cross yeah. out a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, it wasn't like super complex. It wasn't really like a, an actual game. Like it was more of a logic formation. Like yeah. they ask you like, uh, you know, ask for a number and then um, print it 10 times or whatever. Something like that. Yeah, the basics of programming. Yeah. yeah. Of basic. The basics in basic. Right, basically. Yep, basic. Okay. Sorry, I've, I've, I got excited about your story. You, <laughs> you learned uh, basic in the Philippines. Yes, Yes, back oh, yeah. in high school, and then oh, what year? Eighty-seven. Uh, yeah, eighty-seven. Yeah. Oh, oh, that. Okay. Yeah, I thought you said you could start. Okay. And then went to um, the capital of the Philippines. Um, started um, Manila. Working, yeah, Manila, but more into the. Um, how, I'm not sure how what what would be the. Dude, we were over here watching Knight Rider, and Oscar was getting busy on, on basic code. There you go. Wait, so once you, wait, did you just happen to go to the capital or you're like, now I know oh, basic? Oh, no, for college. Uh, I went oh, there for okay, college. Okay. And then um, there's an area where um, there's a lot of the, um, 
there's the legit work and then there's the not so legit work like oh you know, we want to hear about not legit work well, in manila like for example like if L- you want to have hand a jobs diplo- not that oh but i work somewhere near that as well but <laughs> <laughs> it's um the um that that particular work is more into like uh fake diplomas uh ah. like you, you you print out like um the report card like a fake report card for your parents for example yeah i was producing that for you, you were selling people. it to other people yes wow well it was really technically it was a, um, a computer shop but everyone comes and then they ask for things for fake fake documents or or like you know like can you do my thesis or my homework or wait do they pay you to do their homework oh yeah Oh, yep. well, I mean, that's different than fake documents. That's like, well, there's, there's, you have to do some work. You, you not never know who would come and ask for whatever. Oh, wait, so you're fronting as a legit computer shop. No, no, it is a legit, it, it, that's the main thing. And then they just happened to come and ask for favors. Ah, like you were the man, you were like a drug dealer, but with computer stuff. <laughs> I guess so. Computer stuff dealer. You're yeah. a lot closer to that hacker we interviewed. Than, <laughs> <laughs> than a dangerous normal. motherfucker. <laughs> Where do you find all these crackheads? <laughs> I'm really worried about our safety now. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so did you do like driver's licenses or... I don't think we ever had drivers. I mean, I never did driver's licenses. I think it was the 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 fake diploma. I never did as well. It was yeah. mostly just the computer stuff. Like because back then, oh, you're ro- you're rolling back your crimes now, right? Right. Because <laughs> typically, it's the 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 printout would be like your grades. It would have like be on this um, what do they call them? The continuous form paper. Oh, those green bar. Not the green bar. Like they have the holes on the sides. The holes on the sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. They would print it out on that and then it would be like in a very weird font and then it has to be like uh, in purple or something like a different thing. Oh, yeah. So those are hard to get. So most people would not be able to produce this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you go to a computer shop. Yes. You go to a computer shop and then you find the right font and then make it italic and then that's it. Like then you print out, uh, you know. A grade, you know, for everyone. Was this literally people that were afraid to get their ass beat when they got home? They're like, fuck, what do I do? Yep. <laughs> That's what you said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I got to bribe this guy. <laughs> kind of thinking back on the kind of late 90s for me, early 2000, 2000s, being computers, I didn't realize how easy, because I knew, I knew some Photoshop back then. Um, so it was easy, really easy to forge any right. document, really. But I didn't, it never occurred to me. It never... Well, also uh, for our for our viewers, especially our young viewers, so you roll back into the '90s and '80s, like documents were a lot simpler. Like a lot of your ID right. cards were just like something that was laminated. Yeah, yeah. And like there was no way to laminate stuff. Yeah. So like if it was laminated, that gave it some legitimacy. Like they'd cut out a photo and right. paste it on the hand typed. I've actually done thing. that. Yeah, right. So back then. yeah, so back then, I mean, there wasn't as <clears throat> much um, like security features on IDs mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, even back then, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see like what someone will look an ID and they'll just accept it for an ID, but they don't, they don't scan a barcode on it or right. anything. So back yeah. in the day, you could easily forge so many documents from, I mean, I mean, diplomas, <laughs> yep, medical records, but I didn't, it, it didn't occur to me. So I kind of, it, you wish you were a scammer. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> wish I could go back in time and just see two, uh, two scenarios of my life one where i like went ape shit and forged everything another one you could you could have got much better grades man (laughs) (laughs) that's what they always do in the movies right yeah they they fix their grades 
Just throw a B minus yeah, in there yeah. so it looks legit. No, I, I I think I would just print out a master's master's degree and then just go, skip to the end. <laughs> just go apply for a job and say I have a master's in this. There you go. Well, they call the school and check sometimes. I don't know if they did back then. Yeah. Even today, it's still rare. I worked yeah. with somebody at Cosmo where. Oh, uh, don't call them out. Well, okay, I won't say her name, but <laughs> she she wrote down that she had a, a master's wait, degree. Wait, so you only work with one female? Well, she wasn't a programmer. <laughs> no, oh, she, okay. was, she was in um, marketing. Okay. Kind of marketing. Um, Assistant director which, of marketing. Which department? <laughs> <laughs> but she got enough people to hate her that they called her out. Oh. Someone was able to get the information, like, oh, she forged or she uh, didn't graduate, so she, mm. they reported her to HR. Wow. H, it took HR like six months to a year to to finally decide. I don't know if she had enough complaints where they felt that they probably had to. Um, I've seen at Cosmo where like complaints went to like the VP of IT and uh, nobody. He was, I guess, he was so high he knew people in HR and nobody mm. wanted to validate these accusations of his uh semi-illegal uh like, like uh offering someone a certain pay r having an offer letter and then re once that person signed the offer letter and then later on the vp said uh no uh i, I need to change that amount to a lower mm. amount so so lim's talking about a corporate environment a corporate office environment like cubicle farms and your typical yeah layers of office shenanigans yeah yeah mm. So I, going back in time, I think I, I would have printed a like a PhD uh, <laughs> document for myself. I'm a doctor of doctorology at Harvard. I only look 22 years old. Doctorology. <laughs> Here's my genius certificate. Very smart. Your name Doogie Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, now even nowadays, people are still getting away with that stuff. So. Oh, well, a lot of it's like bluffing and. Yeah. Um, have you guys watched, I haven't seen it. That movie was Catch Me If You Can. Was that about a guy that yeah. was forging everything? Yep. So I think back in his day, was that the 40s or 50s or something? I don't remember what years, but yeah, he's actually yeah. Uh, employed by the FBI now. Oh, yeah. So, but even even easier to forge back then. I think a lot of it has to do with balls, right? Like, or, oh, yeah. or Just chutzpah. Or, or figuring out um, what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to not be a uh, sexist here. <laughs> it has to do with uh, bravado? No. You have to have the gumption to lie yep. convincingly and be confident. But yeah. also like figuring out like what's happening. Like if you're able to figure out how they're doing it, like for example, yeah. in, in, in that guy's story, um, the checks, he figured out that the checks, mm -hmm. based on the routing number, the same bank um, in California and, you know, like uh, same bank in uh, New York. Yeah. They would take a while before they can actually get hold of the check. Yeah. So... For that to um, be uh, useful to him, then what he did was always cash a check from uh, uh, California yeah. in New York or the other way around. Yeah. And then he also come in and he noticed how, um, you know, the uh, tellers are always like like falling over uh, their seats when they're, they see like a pilot. Oh. So they were like, oh, like, you know, like he looks so handsome. I mean, regardless how he looks, oh. because of the uniform, he looks so cool. Yeah. So what he did, he took a, um, a uniform, yeah. went in, and that's how he cashed his check. Yeah, see, when I was a kid in the 80s, like, say you even had that crazy idea, like, I would have no idea where the fuck to get a pilot uniform. Right. Like, how do you go get a pilot uniform? Well, I guess he, he followed, I think he followed one of them, and then they went to a uh, dry cleaner. Yeah, see, crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I don't, yeah, we, we don't think like scam artists. Is where yeah. 
I might be a bit closer. <laughs> I was gonna say you know a bit of a, a bit of mu- you much know, about bitch. that movie. Catch me if you can. You know that premise. I pretty enjoyed well. that movie. Yeah, you know the watched it fourteen times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I watch it once, but I also yeah. um, listen to his uh, like a couple of podcast interviews. Oh. So more details. Oh. Yeah. If you can get him to come on this podcast, then yeah, uh, you should. Is he still alive? Oh yeah. Okay. Or the last time I checked, but yeah, he still works for the FBI. He could fake his own death, probably. I don't uh, know he he doesn't have to at this point because <laughs> he's working for them. <laughs> he's in the good guys. Yeah. All Dude. Right. Let's, let's, oh, go ahead. Oh, earlier you were talking about continuous uh, paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that the, was, yeah, uh, the, the, with the holes on the side. But a lot of them in the U.S., they were wider and they'd have these green bars on them. Yeah. And my dad was a programmer, uh-huh. mostly uh, Fortran and COBOL. Okay. Uh, but working for defense contractors in the 80s. And uh, I think he'd steal some of that paper for us to draw on. Okay. Like like drawing paper. Yeah. And I like to draw when I was a kid, but so much of my childhood is, is memories of this green bar paper. Mm, that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> FYI. I mean, kids now won't understand it all. They're just right. automatically cell phones immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But back then, it was that was the main thing was the paper. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had to have the paper to print on. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So jump back to that. So you're at that school doing... No, he's in Manila uh, scamming documents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, are you in university or you're just... I was the- in college back then, yeah. Okay. And then I was... Um, during my off hours, I would be at the shop uh, helping out. I would be like... Uh, I'm being... Uh, I'm not sure if I was getting paid as a... Um, to watch the <laughs> store or just as a... Uh, to help out with other things. I don't remember exactly, but it wasn't... <laughs> it was it wasn't a lot. <laughs> it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. But yes, it was always like the kids, you know, approaching you. And so, I mean, I, I went into this, like not really intending to do anything uh, bad. I was just there to get some money a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. And then kids started coming in. They're like, oh, I need help. I need help with my homework. That's how yeah. it started. And then, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. And then done. And then they come back and then it became a routine. And then somebody would come with a thesis, which is a bit questionable now. And then yeah. you get into, oh, I failed and I need, I really need to have better grades on when I send this to my parents. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to do that. But, you know, because you're That's too you risky. You don't have the money. Yeah. Or I don't, I didn't have money. And they're like, here, you can have some of this. Like, oh, okay. How much did they bribe you to? Uh, it was dirt cheap back then. <laughs> <laughs> When you're hungry, you don't, you're, you don't choose. You just, you know, you have to eat. So, yeah. Oh, so you, did you ever blackmail anybody? No. Dude, that was your next opportunity. You had all this dirt on people. Yeah. Nah. Okay. Not my thing. Yeah. Well, well now they call it a su- subscription model, but back then you could have had them pay you monthly <laughs> to keep the That's secret. That's actually true. That's actually, yeah, a good word for it. Subscription. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Yep. Okay, so you're surviving through college, yeah, selling bogus documents. Yep, and then um, I got to a point where I um, ended up working, or I stopped college because I got an offer to work for a company where the salary they were giving me was high enough. I mean, in, in the Philippines, you have to be a college graduate to get the job. I mean, oh, you can forge that. Easy. True, I I can, but I. <laughs> I did not because I mean, one of the things is I worry, like you said, uh, you know, I didn't really have the boss to like do it. And then somebody would come. Oh, yeah, I went to this school, too. Like, who was your professor? And, you know, you're like, "Uh, I was work. I was studying remotely. (laughs) Like, Not a thing back then. Just wear a pilot hat. They won't ask you any questions. (laughs) 
So um, I did. I never tried that, but I found a legit job, and then I went to work for them, and I was getting paid like, I think at that point, like twice the minimum or three times the minimum. Minimum um, wage. Minimum or? wage. Oh, so you're rich. Like, yeah, pretty much. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take the job. So I'm stopping college. I'm not gonna do that anymore. Yeah. It's a waste of time. And then I I worked there, and then this company came and said, or they had an ad and said, study in this computer uh, school and we give you a scholarship as well as uh, like a student allowance. Okay. I'm like, okay, let me do that. So I applied, so I got accepted. Com- the company would pay for it? The, the school would uh, pay for it, yeah. So I, I went in, so basically I'm a student assistant. Working you, for le- them. you left your good paying job to go to the... I was doing both at the same time. Oh, so yeah. I was working on that. And then finally, they um, when I finished, they then said, you know, apply for these companies because they're affiliated with us. Yeah. And that's where I ended up with my first professional um, job, like really legit job wow. in the capital, like uh, in Makati, which is like at that time was like the, you know, high tech capital of the Philippines. It's like the Silicon Valley of... Yeah, kind of the Silicon Valley. And it was uh, quite a bit more pay than the triple the minimum wage on the other one? Actually, it was less. Actually, it was less. Um, So the president of that company was like the former dean of like one of the highly regarded schools in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So she's like, you know, we're going to take you, but because you're not a college graduate, um, you'll earn this much only. I mean, Uh, it was still about... I think that was like twice the minimum uh, salary. So I mean, it was but you work in good. two jobs, right? No, no, not anymore. I stopped because it's really oh, far. Okay. So I stopped because I really like the fact that there's opportunities for growth as opposed to the other one where I was in a warehouse. I was like mm. uh, at one point delivering um, car parts. Yeah. Because that that was the business, and you know they're like, oh, we're out of drivers today. Like we really need to bring all this stuff over there. So yeah. But you're the driver now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But the good thing about that is I learned a lot about um, importi- importing uh, car parts. Um, actually, we were doing some shady <laughs> stuff there as well. Like, for example, like the speakers. The speakers, they would uh, arrive as um, like a no brand, you know, speakers. Yeah. And then there's this other box of stickers. And then you put it on and it's now a Sony, a JBL, you know, whatever. <laughs> so... They were doing that, but that's that was the business. But I was in charge of importing it from Taiwan, from that's you know, China, like all that stuff. Yeah. So, but I mean, I wasn't actually selling it, but yes, I was in the uh, the back office. Of Oscar's that. a good guy. He's just got bad influences. He yes, was, exactly. He was hungry. Exactly. <laughs> when anyone's hungry. Yes, when anyone's hungry. Yeah, you, you take whatever you can. So yeah, that's exactly what I did. Do you so, happen to remember? Well, but for our for our audience, like literally starving and hungry, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so because yeah. people people in America can't, I think they can't fathom that because we we're so lucky to have so much food everywhere that our problem is obesity and diabetes and cholesterol. Yep, like we're the only country that has uh, overweight homeless people. Yeah, right. Any other country, if you're homeless, you ain't you ain't overweight. Yeah, <laughs> so. I was never homeless, so that's a good thing. Yeah, but yes, there were certainly uh, days and nights where it's like you know, what are we gonna have? Uh, you know, for dinner, you know, you're, yeah. you don't know. Or um, instead of like a solid meal, you're you're having to eat like a porridge because the porridge is like really liquidy, right? So you yeah. add a lot of water. So now you have porridge, yeah. but no, like nothing else, just rice and the yeah. and maybe salt. 
but this, that's it. This is a joke that's uh, you're having sleep for dinner tonight. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I cut you off earlier. I, I say that's memorize. Fine. Some people have fried rice, plain rice. Yeah, I have memorize. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. Let's <laughs> laugh at poverty. <laughs> no, but it's a really good motivation when you're hungry. Um, you're hungry and then you, you become angry and then now you're hangry. <laughs> and yes, that's a good driver for a while. Uh, it, yeah. it really pushed me for a while. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember um, the switching from the that job to the one that paid less but had better opportunity, opportunities? Do you remember in your mind, did you consider that? Like, oh, this is less pay. Like... Well, what was going through your mind at that moment? Yeah, no, it, it's just like, um, so again, one was um, in a remote like um, warehouses uh, location. And then uh, the other one is in the capital, like yeah. mm. business capital of, of the Philippines. So you're like, uh, you know, I want to go there because there's a lot of opportunities. So I went there and then started working for them. And again, they started as a lower compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think at the time it was uh, about maybe $300. Uh, if you translate to the uh, to US dollar a month, so, a month, yeah, um, which back then was yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So three hundred dollars a month, um, which you know, yeah, it was really good. It was good money. But I yeah. remember my first couple of days, I um, wore the same uh, long sleeve shirt because they they wear long sleeve yeah. shirts and and uh, shiny shoes and you know, leather shoes yeah, your and all off, that office attire. So I come back to work the next day with the same uniform and then the next uh, day with the same <laughs> shirt again because I, I didn't really have that many. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's like, uh, okay, so that was the first thing I bought and then started building from there. Yeah. The, the reason why I ask about the taking a downgrade in pay, I think most, most Americans, I don't know if this is a global statement, so many people live up to the, to the means of that ah, salary. Yeah. Mm. They cannot fathom going down. Um, mm. I see it so often i mean i'm talking about any any anything from people talking about uh twelve dollars an hour up to ninety thousand dollars a year i see both sides someone that works at twelve dollars an hour they're like oh i can't go below 12. i'm like well but what if you works what if you get somewhere at eleven dollars an hour but Mm -hmm. the if you work there for two years you might be able to double your pay yeah there there's a quanta uh uh, there's a way to mentally quantify that, but they don't. They don't hear me out on it. Same thing for the ninety thousand dollar a year job. If if you could take a cut down, it depends. I mean, depends on the situation. But if you right. look at some job at eighty thousand or seventy five thousand, and you know that within a year or two, there's a high probability you could get bumped up a lot, or it or the other thing's not even a bump, not a direct bump. You'd have to look at the lat the possible lateral movements. Yeah. And then if that brings more money, then you, you should plan for that. But most people don't. So anyways, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's true. For you, it wasn't even, you just. No, I mean, it was, um, again, it, it was the opportunity to work with other developers. And again, that potential growth. Um, he just needed fried rice. He didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of memorize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you happen to remember thinking that you'd have to cut back on anything? Or were you living below your means anyways? No, I wasn't. Uh, doing like financial planning or anything, I was spending <laughs> money as they come, like you know, as fast as it came. Uh, it was Rich. gone. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, yeah, no, never occurred to me back then because you know you were young and you're. Just were, were you doing like crazy karaoke stuff and getting drunk or what? Oh no, I mean it, the pay was high, but it wasn't that high for me to do all that stuff. In fact, ah. uh, after work, some uh, coworkers would be like, "Oh, let's go um, eat at this restaurant," and 
It's yeah. like, um, not joining you today. <laughs> really, I can't afford it. Oh, I have other plans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm going to go home and eat ramen. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was pretty much that for a while. Because now you have to add expense like buying clothes, yeah. uh, commute, because like it's farther away. Oh. So yeah, there's there's a lot of that. But yeah, I mean, it's it was pretty good. Uh, that company was really good. And actually, that's where I found my first um, mentor. I mean, she was a uh, decent programmer, a really good programmer. And she was a good manager as well. So mm. uh, you, you asked earlier, like, you know, how many people in the team? And she's yeah. one to come to mind. She's like really good. Um, and okay. we're still in communication today because, again, she's just a, a good programmer technically and then a good person as well on top of that. Nice. Yeah. So plus that company wasn't doing any shady shit, right? Right, right. <laughs> first uh, legit job. They, were, <laughs> they had a little bit, but it was more of like... Um, no, no, it wasn't like anything too bad, but it was like, uh, for example, we had a client who was from, uh, I think it was Switzerland yeah. and they, they're like, okay, our clients are coming. Um, give us a fresh copy of res- your resume. Okay. So submitted. And then afterwards I'm looking at it. They, they, mod- they printed it and then they sent it back to us. And I'm looking at it like, I have five years of experience. <laughs> <laughs> that you was get, the extent of it. You got promoted. <laughs> so as far as the, foreigners the foreigner clients yeah i already had five years experience in this and like yeah i guess so that's <laughs> because swedish people can't speak filipino right that's the trick. swiss 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 okay yeah not swedish <laughs> oh similar oh different yeah 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 so the swiss are better at filipino <laughs> <laughs> i guess from that perspective they're the same <laughs> so what you what you do at this company this new company uh no i really enjoyed uh you know like working on a lot of different things um i actually learned kobo um just before joining them that other uh school yeah they uh, was teaching they were teaching kobo yeah and everyone was like saying oh kobo is dead like you, mm. you know you shouldn't have to deal with that and then you hear in the news nowadays that they're like oh we need kobo programmers and like is kobo still not dead no, I mean, it's not popular, but a lot of big companies are still stuck on it. Like, so they in, haven't. We're in the year 2021 and people are still using COBOL. Is it because, like, big, like, city municipalities have old legacy systems? Is that the Mostly issue? Mostly, like, um, <clears throat> government or banks. Yeah. Um, so, COBOL is really good because it's it's really plain. It, it can only do, like, business applications. It doesn't mm-hmm. have, like, a GUI. I mean, nowadays, there are some uh, variants, but... Back then, it was straightforward, like your ATM machine. Yeah. Um, back then, there was no, there was not a lot of pictures. It was mostly like, this is the transaction. Mm. When you click something, it should just happen. So yeah. it's reliable. It's you know, it's just solid. Um, mm. So a lot of companies, they're like, it still works. Why fix it? I mean, you know, that that yeah. was the thing. Why take a risk on something more exactly. complicated? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, less bugs. I mean, less possibilities for bugs because it's just a very simple language. Mm. A GUI is a graphical user oh, yes. interface. Yes. <laughs> uh, so like using a mouse, is that a GUI? Yes, using a mouse, um, okay. having, you know, like um, even for... A touch like, screen. Yeah, touch screen. Yeah, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, back then it was just text. It was like 80 by, no, 80 by 25. Yeah. So you literally had to just type in commands. Yep. Use F keys? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I worked at AAA for a little while. This was back probably... 10 15 years ago 10 or 15 years ago and they were still on like a dos based like yeah like if you wanted to if you want to print you have to hit f3 and then x4 and f3 again yep yep. (laughs) just crazy 
just random commands. And yeah. then, so you'd have yeah. to write down the commands of, yeah. like, why is you it so to, complicated? You I have want to remember print. all the sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, this is, this is nuts. Yep. That's how it was back then. But again, from a reliability perspective, it's just reliable. So that's why Kobo is still around. And mm. that company or that school actually, actually taught us Kobo. And then um, when I first found that job in, uh, in, in the capital, they were actually doing a lot of that, but they happened to assign me to a different project. So yeah. I was working on yet another project, um, learned a lot from that. So again, it was a lot of learning. I was just a sponge. I was just learning stuff mm-hmm. and um, used that um, to basically build my skill set. Yeah. Nice. What was, what was that company technically? Um, were they selling parts inventory or what were, were they selling oh. software or what were they uh, focused? We call it the body shopping, uh, a body shopping company. Like they're basically selling uh, man hours as they, you know, in, in software development, right? I mean, they're outsourcing, uh, an outsourcing company basically. Oh. So if they want something developed, they send a project to that company and then the company would do all the work and then ship back the finished product. That's good. I thought you were going towards selling human organs. No, 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 not that okay. kind. But it's, it, the term was body <laughs> shopping was what, uh, what they used. So they're um, body shopping. So would it be like the equivalent of, um, I'm trying to think, um, is it Robert Half? Like, is that the equivalent? No, uh, more That's like, personnel staffing. Um, yeah, because the difference is that um, it's more like the Infosys, uh, the uh, Covances, like the, all these Indian companies where they're sending, uh, or one, they can take the jobs um, or projects and have them developed in India and then send them back completed already. Mm-hmm. Or they can send people to actually come over and work for you know, a U.S. company. Mm. So that's the body shopping part. They're actually sending people out. Mm. Okay. Yeah, whereas uh, Robert Happ, on the other hand, is more of a here you become. I mean, there's a little bit overlap, but it's to me, Robert Happ is more of a, gonna hire, a candidate. Gonna hire a you can hire them. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Whereas this is more like a per project basis, typically. Oh, uh, okay. Like Clear, clear Peak? Well, this one's outsourcing, right? Your, or your client, right. your client's from Switzerland. Yeah. And saying, hey, we want to program this module. Can you program us a module yep. and, and uh, send it back to us? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got a new ATM machine. We need the code for the yep. ATM machine, right? Yeah. That kind of stuff? Yep. How okay. long were you working there for? Um, about probably five, maybe five years. Yeah. Five best yeah. years of your life? I wouldn't say five best years, but <laughs> it was a lot of learning. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. And Did you make enough money to party there? At the end, towards the end, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. And not only that, like um, uh, the company was actually uh, very nice to me. They actually allowed me to go back to school. Ah. They're like, you know, you know that you're not getting promoted because of this, because of that. Um, if you want, you should go back to school. So I went yeah. back to school and... I transferred to a school that was uh, nearby, and that's where I met my wife. So, oh, yeah. is she a developer? Yes, she a programmer. Yes, she oh. was a developer. She doesn't anymore. Eh, you grabbed the hottest chick in the school, huh? Of course, smart yeah. man, smart yeah. man. Yeah. Oscar ain't no dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what uh, led you to leave that company? What was the catalyst for that? Oh, uh, the U.S. Ah. It was this bright, you know. Unlimited Spotlight food. Spotlight with, uh, yes, with milk and honey and, and beef and all <laughs> so that. So much food. <laughs> so I came over. 
if you're driven by food, the U.S. is where you want to be. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's when I realized, like, okay, maybe this hungry thing doesn't really work anymore. Like, uh, yeah. again, you know, like I've been so angry about being poor and hungry all the time and all that, and like I started to realize, like, oh, there's actually opportunities here. So yeah, yeah that was really good. Yeah. yeah. What okay. was the uh, when or what was the steps to getting to America at that point? Ah, so back then India wasn't as big as they are now in IT. Mm. So there was actually like this guy, uh, I think his name was Altman. He would come to the Philippines every year and he would be recruiting. So every year people would be like, oh, he's here, he's here. The guy. And then just whisper, the guy is here, like Altman is here. So everyone would go there to this hotel and um, you would find that you have your um, your manager is there and you're uh. not sure is my manager here to spy on us uh. or are they here to apply themselves like you know <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to get the job exactly or? like hmm, yeah. i wonder so th there's a lot of that happening but um basically they they tried to recruit me and then i tried to come over that way but I, at that point i wasn't a college graduate yet yeah so i backed off and i'm like you know i'm not doing that i'm gonna wait um and then after i think another year Finally, I was I had my uh, diploma, so I then applied and then came over. Through Ackman? No, some some uh, some other companies at that point. Okay, and then they give you a work visa to come to the U.S. or how did yeah. that work? Yeah. yeah, so they applied for. Uh, actually, no, the first company that I, I applied uh, for was in New Jersey. Oh. So I was going to go to the East Coast, and then they were ready to bring me over, apply green card, uh, visas, and all that. And then they called my former coworker. Yeah. And they're like, okay, do you have references? So, yes, this guy and this guy. So they called them, and the question they asked that guy at the very end was, <laughs> if given the chance, would you hire him again? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. In fact, right after I, I uh, finish this call, I'm going to call him. So he actually called. It's like, oh, don't go to New Jersey. New Jersey is so dirty, and California is so great. You can ride your bike to work, and it's so ah. nice, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Okay. <laughs> Wait, so that friend talked you out of New Jersey? New yeah. Jersey? So I ditched that company in New Jersey. They were like, you're banned for life. You can't uh, come <laughs> work for us ever again. <laughs> they were so pissed. Hey, you would have been a different guy if you landed yeah. in New Jersey. True, true. You'd be eating a lot of Subway sandwiches. <laughs> I was trying to think of an East Coast sandwich. I failed. I it's not a Subway. You mean yeah. like a hoagie? Pizza? Yeah, hoagie. hoagie. <laughs> there you go. What are New Jerseyans famous for? <laughs> I was just actually in New Jersey yeah. recently, so it, it brought back lots of memories. Like, oh, I could have been here. Uh, I think I made the right decision. <laughs> it's Italian sandwiches. That's what it is. Ah, New Jersey. So you, you didn't take that offer. You went to a different one. Where, where was You said the other California. One? California. Yeah. Um, I'm imagining, it, was it, when you say the story, it seems like it was easy to get here, but do you think, was it? No. Okay, so you made it sound easy. No, I mean, well, but he's again, skilled up. No, at that point, That's there's a lot of about. there's a lot of um, recruiters. Again, I mean, no, it was actually ridiculously easy at that point. Um, you need to have your diploma, which again in the Philippines is almost a, a yeah. sure thing, right? And then they, it got so bad that at some point they would take anyone who had like six months of experience. Ah. Mm. At that point, I had way more than that, but they were taking people. I, mean, I was so jealous of people, like uh, you know, like a fresh graduate who just joined the company who wasn't yeah. even a good programmer and they had all the necessary stuff and they just left and I'm like man I'm still stuck here they're mm. all gone 
And then, um, but obviously, you know, like some of them were sent back because they were bad or whatever. Like they were not uh, very good. But it didn't fit in well in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, not, not necessarily New Jersey. All over, all over the U.S. Yeah. But they were just not good. I mean, some of them were. Again, it was so the demand was so crazy, and I think that's how uh, the companies in India started to realize this, and they really capitalized on that. That's, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Also, in the, I wonder if the macroeconomics or the economics of America at that point. So you're saying it was America had a lot of, uh, they were trying to import a lot of yep. uh, skills yep. in the 1990s. Right. Late, yeah. Late um, 90s, yeah. Huh. Well, I think could you get out of Silicon Valley in the early 90s and it's hard to find programmers. Yes. It, it was actually pretty hard. Um, like, so having somebody who had six months of um, development was actually rare already. Hmm. Um, there was a lot of the... Um, the companies, the eBay's, and the, all these companies already starting up in Silicon Valley, and they're running out of people. Yeah, that, so, was, that was brand new shit back then. Like Coleman yep. College was cutting edge when my dad went yeah. there, and uh, when I went to San Diego State in 1997, I think uh, 96, 97 was my first years at San Diego State. Uh, you could barely take a Java class. Like I was looking for, mm. I, I wanted to make a website, right? I'd seen some websites like, oh my God, look at this. You can make a fucking website. This is amazing. And I wanted to make websites. Yeah. And the closest thing I could find is you could take a Java class. Yeah. I, I did a semester of, you know, programming the border around the fucking screen and stuff. And then at the end of that, I started the second semester after getting an A and I'm like, I'm not any closer to making a website. And I lost interest mm. in programming at that point. But even at San Diego State in 97, it was too new of a thing to. You should have yeah. contacted me. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. yeah. I was making those lame ass. Uh, remember, I told you the story of the making the websites for an online text based game where we wanted to collaborate attacks yeah. on on the other on the other enemies in the game. So yeah, I was making websites. Um, if it had been tower defense, you would have had me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, tower defense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I just for for time reference, I think in those days it was such yeah. a rare. It was commodity. Hmm. I wonder at what point programming was viewed as a lucrative job. Job like I, around two thousand, um, the the bubble, the dot uh, net bubble. I mean, even here, I eventually started working with a lot of um, Native Americans or not Native Americans, but <laughs> U.S. Rest, Americans. U.S. citizens. Um, <laughs> That were uh, like they were graduates of like BS psychology or marketing and then they were in programming because again it was just that hard like ah. for anyone who had any remote interest in it then they got sucked into the um, it world or, or like in the early days like you had to be a math major to then become a right. programmer. Uh, like yeah, you had to be yeah. a mathematician yep i wonder at what what point was it like the <clears throat> early 90s or the um somewhere in the 80s where this idea where people used to probably look at programming like oh you probably can't make a lot of money or there's not enough jobs to the to the change where they're saying oh yeah get get into that Go. no i think here it's always been regarded as a high paying job but the difference is that it was more of a geeky job or a nerd job as yeah. opposed to yeah. Yeah, a Gates. cool job mm. and then um around the uh, late 90s um that's when again google would send out a food truck over to the campus of uh, sun microsystem which is a competitor oh. and the apple would apple would send uh, their truck you know like and then you can order anything as yeah. long as you um, give your resume. Oh, trade your resume for free food. Yeah. Man, all the programmers are thinking with their stomachs. And then they, exactly. <laughs> and, and they started doing like the, uh, 
the ping pong tables, the um, <laughs> the cafeterias, like the international cuisine, like that started around huh. that time, and that was a big thing, right? When the when the, the uh, bubble crashed um, in 2000, yeah, they were saying like, oh, see, like it wasn't sustainable, like all this um, shenanigans, uh, ping pong tables and other things like. Was that. there any bikini models? They, I'm pretty sure there was. Yeah, that'll get you a programmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. We attended. So my first time coming over to <laughs> Vegas was, um, I think it was 2000. Um, our company sent us over for an IBM um, conference. Yeah. And the um, they had a Star Trek lady. What's her name? Like the, um, you know, like the one oh, with the, the giant boobs. Yeah. Deanna Troy. Well, not her exactly, but oh. replicas of her. Like you know, wearing the same outfit. Imposters. Yes, imposters. Was it a gray? Spandex suit? Yes, that one. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I grew up watching Star Trek Next Generation during dinner. There you go. <laughs> that was the most high tech, like, yep, yep. most awesome TV show. And it was on at dinner time. Yep. So, for years, we'd watch Next Generation during dinner. So, that was, they had a lot of those. Yeah. And then uh, GameWorks. Um, those were the two things that I remembered from that trip. Wait, what's GameWorks? Like, the, okay. sa- still, still the same GameWorks um, place, the arcade place. The arcade place. But they did it at the they convention? Actually, or? Yeah, they actually brought them into the hotels and ah. set them up there, like all the car racing and yeah. all the video games. Yeah. Then you got Deanna Troy talking to you. Yep. It's exciting. Bit of a random thought. Let's go uh, Let's go high level and come back to your story within um, in America's. <laughs> let's uh, get away from boobs. <laughs> no, no. I like boobs. We can see them boobs, boobs if you guys want. Um, uh, high level, what do, you, what do you think are some top things that you working in the career that you've had with uh, software as many years that you have have you as you've had uh, what are some tips that you think like that you've wisdom that you you've gathered through the years whether i mean it could be as simple as password managers it could be uh hire a lot more people uh in software than you need or plan with a lot of uh time um buffer buffer yeah yeah programmers i find are typically very optimistic Oh. So when somebody gives you an estimate, probably double that, or maybe even triple, <laughs> triple that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's you, just the way your it app is. will take three years to program. Yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's easy because you think of it as a programmer, and you're like, oh yeah, that's so easy. Like I can just do this, and then you forget to think about all the cases where it's not gonna work. You're thinking of yeah. like it can work by doing this, but then you put a user in front of it, the user would do it differently. Oh, yeah. And then now you're like, oh, I forgot that. And then and then that and then that. So there's all these little things that you have to worry about. But as far as the programmers are concerned, I would say, um, well, I guess this would apply even outside of IT. Like just push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I mean, mm. I know it's cliche, but I mean, in a way, that's exactly what I did. I, you know, it was um, like moving to a different place. Like, I mean, here, it's pretty common, easy to see people like move from one place you to the next, right? ended up in New Jersey, bro. Exactly. <laughs> but in the Philippines, most people stay in one place, like uh, their entire lives. Yeah. I mean, I still have classmates who live in the exact same house when we were in elementary. Yeah, most elementary people school. don't move, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, just that alone is a, a big, you know, push outside of my comfort zone. I didn't speak their language. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, all those little things. And then... The second part would be like when you when things happen that are not so great, like you know you make a mistake. Yeah. Um, I feel like some people would say like you know I'm gonna go back in time and fix that mistake. Like ah. to me, those mistakes, uh, or you know you get just really bad luck or whatever, those are part of what makes you you. And 
you should learn from them and move on from them. Yeah. Um, so I think those two things would be it. Like, again, push really hard. And again, yes, you will make colossal mistakes. <laughs> and when you do, like, learn from it and then move forward. Don't like, oh, I'm so bad. Like, I, you know, if you focus on that, then you're screwed. But instead, just keep pushing and, and until you get to where you want to go. Wait, it sounds like you pushed through a colossal mistake. Yes, I have. Several. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Ah. <laughs> I'll talk about my... Uh, I don't know. It wasn't a... Your colossal know, mistake? I don't know if I would call it a mistake, but it was... So on the Ethereum miner, I had... It's so fucking stupid. Uh, so <laughs> to start your Ethereum miner, I think I forget if it's geth. Uh, or ethminer.exe was the, uh, I kind of forget now, but there's a bunch of switches that you have to like a uh, main net switch or, or test net. And then uh, I forget it was like beacon chain uh, cash size. Um, there's one that I wanted to add my wallet because I wanted to mine to my wallet. And I, for the life of me, I don't know why I, I searched Google for fucking two months, two fucking Ooh. months. I didn't know the answer to this. So I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't remember if you remember remember me mentioning it. I couldn't get the freaking ETH miner to go for two fucking months. It's just simple fucking flag. You know, command line. There's right. Just, there's a flag, and you just go find the the uh, the guy, the reference manual, or whatever you call it. Um, and we'll have all the flags. I don't know what for the life of me for two months. I searched everywhere. I mean, I even go with this simple answer: like, how do I mine to my wallet? Like, how do I put my wallet in? How do I put mm. my public key? Uh, wallet address like every day you're waking up frustrated and starting over i hit it hard for one month i think i stopped for two weeks i was so frustrated and i came back for another two weeks so over the span of two months it was an, a month and a half dedication to it yeah and is I, I feel so super stupid telling the story because i know it's one fucking switch but for the life of me i can't i couldn't find the whatever it was so i i don't i don't really have a like a solution that i feel like it's a mistake that was that where you ended up contacting the development team or is that no, a different, this different that earlier? one okay. i was doing something above and beyond on that one i was okay. trying to do like a like a fully uh um full backup system where if one failed it jumps to the other but uh okay. eth 2.0 it's not set up for that not not at that time but um eth 1.0 the mining um yeah i don't i don't really have a a conclusion well, so to how'd you story. figure it out though um just I, I want to say the answer was persistent. So when uh, earlier when you said just just continue just hammer on through, that's what it mm -hmm. was. It's the the dedication, the hard headness. I don't know if you want to call hard hard headness or motivation. Mm -hmm. Every fucking day, when I had a moment, I'd come home from work and then go search Google. Like, hey, how do I get this ETH miner to mine to my specific wallet? How do I put in my public key? Mm. I googled so probably. At that point, I probably had like a thousand different worded questions to the the same question, but trying to find the answer. Yeah, yeah, it was freaking crazy. How many ETH do you think you lost in that month and a half? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Two months. Um, Two months work. because actually because the double uh, as as blockchain uh, yeah. the, the got harder difficulty gets yeah. doubled very quickly. Yeah, almost probably probably sixty ETH. Yeah. Sixty ETH today is wow, it's like eight is, million dollars. Uh, should we flag that so you don't tell everybody how rich you are? $200,000. Oh, Lim almost had $200,000, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. That would have been enough to sponsor your, your tower game. Yeah, we need a development team. <laughs> are you saying I should hire Indian guys now instead of college students? Um, again, the, like remember that story I said about my resume getting padded and now I had five years experience oh, all of fake. a sudden. Like, who knows? Okay. 
So yeah, it can be tough. Like so, triple your timelines, and then when you're looking at a resume, divide by four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, uh, if you had like 365. Uh, Mondays, yeah. hire 365 developers. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Go. Um, yeah, one of the mistakes would probably be like, um, so I was working as a student um, assistant, right, at that university or uh, vocational uh, school. And one day I was just like, um, you know, these computers are so messy. Let me reformat them. Oh. So I reformat all of them without asking anyone. And then, yeah, it looks pristine, works great. Clean. Clean. And then one of the prof professors came and it's like, um, where's the work of my students? <laughs> Clean. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, why didn't they have it on their disk? Because they have their own floppy disks. Ah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, because I told him they can keep them here. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's chewing up memory. Exactly. And it's so messy. It's so like, you know, like there's viruses running, like it was oh. so rampant, like, we should just wipe it out and re restart over. Yeah. And it's like so pissed. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get so fired today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get fired, but yeah. um, that was one. The other mistake uh, I made in that same uh, place is that um, we, I remember we would always give students like discs. Yeah. Uh, or no, they had to buy the discs. Are we talking five inch lobbies yes. or the three and a half? The five and one fourth. Okay. I think it's, yeah, 525. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the OG floppy They're, disk that yes, people could use. The really floppy one. Literally <laughs> floppy. There were black plastic yes. disks. Yeah. Yes, those ones. So I remember you had to, um, as a student, you had to buy four. Um, one with the uh, OS, mm. DOS, 3.3, uh, yeah. uh, WordStar, uh, DBase 3 Plus, and a data disk. Okay. So let's say each disk, you know, cost like uh, 50 cents. Mm -hmm. um, by copying over DOS and WordStar and all these programs, um, we could sell it for five. Are you doing pirating disks too? Yes, that was that was pirated. <laughs> I wasn't doing it. It was my boss who was doing it. And then, so here's, here's my bad part. I'm like, if my boss is doing this, yeah. why can't I do it and sell it? Yeah, I could sell it for four. Or four, yeah. Well, I, I was selling it for five too, but <laughs> <laughs> then my boss learned. So that was a big mistake. Did he break your knees or what? No, he didn't, but he was not happy with me. And again, I was like, I'm going to go get, get fired today. <laughs> <laughs> but again, to me, it's like, that seems like a, you know, like a fair opportunity kind of thing. Like he's just doing this, which is not legal to begin with. Why can't I do it? It's like printing free money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, little things like that. And then, you know, over time you're like, hmm, I yeah. should really shouldn't have done that. But yeah, I think you were asking earlier, Lim, about the, like those times and, and the value of being a software developer and why, when did it switch to being a lucrative job? I think in those days, people just didn't envision themselves. Like you could barely imagine yourself being a pilot. You're like, yeah, if I was really lucky, I could be right. a pilot, but there weren't software developers around. You didn't know any. Right. And you didn't interact with anything that had software. So you had your, your fucking rotary dial phone and then you got you start up your car with a carburetor that you gotta tune the fuel air mixture. It was yeah. a mechanical Ooh. world. Like through the eighties, the coolest fucking phone you could have was this Mickey Mouse fucking phone. Where it was this Mickey Mouse holding a yellow phone and, and people loved that shit. <laughs> and that was the high tech stuff back then right. was uh, so I think the world that we knew just didn't include programming and the world didn't change as fast back then. Right as it does now. Like if you had a, you had a big color TV, remember that time we went in together on like that 38 inch color TV, that tube 
mm-hmm. Sony. That mm-hmm. was like the cutting edge. Like the three of us put our money together and uh, bought this big tube TV. Like, <laughs> awesome, look at this big TV, right? Right. But that's still zero programming to the average mm-hmm. person. Right. So even just the idea of programming or being a programmer, I think, is a totally lost foreign idea. Like, it would never even occur to them. Yep. As an option, right? Yeah. I mean, now it should be obvious. Uh, I think I said, <laughs> I think I said in one of our previous podcasts that Native Americans could all become programmers and change the world. They could change yeah. their whole. I think we were talking about how how terrible it is that Native Americans are stuck in these reservations. Mm. But with minimal investment, you could, if they all became programmers, it'd be a whole different world. No, it it will be, but um, like it's like, you know, it's always the um, that perception that programming is really close to math and it's hard. So I think mm. that still exists today. So yeah. a lot of people don't don't want to do that type yeah. of work. I would say my opinion on <coughs> software engineering, it is difficult. I don't, I, I, I don't. Not, not everybody can be a programmer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but most people could. Uh, I, a lot could, but. I'm not, not sure. sure about, I, I yeah. I, I'm not sure about most. If they stop watching the Kardashians and get off the TikTok for a minute, and Th- that's and really a, I'm like, not sure if you can make them stop though. <laughs> you're gonna get, get hungry. We need a famine. <laughs> I think when you're saying that, or uh, when we're thinking, not not most people could become programmers. I wonder how much of it is if the stigma or not stigma, like if you if you're raised in an environment where yeah. All your friends around you, seven out of ten are programmers. Yeah. Yeah. Does that cause the eighth person to say, "Oh, I'll give it a shot"? Yeah. Yeah. But in the world that we live in, ish, or maybe even say the Ind- Native Indians in that situation, yeah. where it might be, I don't know, one out of out of a hundred might be a programmer. So. And he left the reservation. He ain't hanging out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or she. Or she. Yeah. Um. And, go ahead. No, I was just gonna add. I remember uh, your story earlier about. Trying to draw uh, the square oh, in border Java? around, uh, yeah, yeah, and you got to a point where you you're so frustrated by it. So, yeah, what Lim said about you know if you had like seven of your out of every ten are programmers, yeah, then somebody's bound to be able to say, oh, that's easy, like just do this, and then yeah. now you're not as frustrated as opposed to you're like ah, you know what, too hard, yeah. Um, um, yeah, so that particular one, I wasn't as frustrated as I felt like it wasn't leading me towards the goal. Like I wanted to make a website. Mm-hmm. I was like, programming in Java is not getting me closer to a website mm-hmm. in this class. Right. I remember um, after college, it was uh, probably five years after college, I went back to community college for, I think it was Photoshop stuff. It was like the Photoshop suite of Adobe and right. all those. And the stuff I wanted to do in Photoshop was so, it seemed simple, but like the way the class was structured, it was like it wasn't getting me any closer to being a better Photoshopper, and that was really frustrating. Of like, yeah, God damn it, I'm putting in the time and the effort. I bought this fucking textbook. I'm sitting here with this teacher, and I ask the teacher questions, and I'm not getting better at Photoshopping because yeah. this this person is teaching the material, right. not teaching the skill yeah. of the thing I want to do. So that was real hard for me, where there's a mismatch of what you want to do, and I think that's critical in teaching. If if you can yes. find out what the student wants. Yep. then help them to get there and you'll learn the other stuff on the way, right? And unfortunately, that goes to the um, is it left brain, right brain uh, thingy um, where, you know, a lot of the logical thinking people are like, oh, I'll teach you this because this is logically how it's supposed to be. Mm. But most people are emotional. It's the artsy uh, side, not the logical side that's yeah. really like, you know, get you to really want to learn. If you don't have the motivation, 
then it's going to be hard um yeah regardless how you know it can be like a super easy thing but if mm. you're like bored or you're not engaged you're like not yeah. for me I, th- i think what i was saying Lim, is that um i think most people say everybody's born a baby most people uh have some average level of intelligence and capability right there's some average somewhere right so if you take all the average people say even in the us if you take away our uh, <laughs> our insane culture i feel like everybody if you had a good schooling everybody could get good enough at math you know everybody could get up to something like calculus right calculus gets a little bit hard but really i think any kid almost any kid has the capability the potential you know with the right environment the right teacher right that's hard but we all have that potential yeah um we we could learn math easily up to calculus and we all could learn how to program because i took a programming class i think in 11th grade and the teacher was really mad well frustrated that i was good at programming but i didn't care about programming mm-hmm. so i had the ability but no interest right right i feel like most people most most kids have that potential to be able to do it right is that motivation that becomes the hard part uh, if they're motivated to do something else then then that's a different story yep but if if i feel like if anybody watching you know is looking for a lucrative career like you could go right now and learn I mean, what would be the most valuable language? You could spend a year or six months in your off time. You could spend your Saturdays or an hour after work every day. I would say C sharp. Learning C sharp, right? I would Python. say JavaScript nowadays because um, with C sharp you can definitely produce a lot of software, but with JavaScript you can produce like entire sites. And a lot of the startup world is, you know, apps or you can you can do all that using the exact same language. Would it be smart to focus to phone-based stuff? Yes. Is it is it two different worlds or are they the same now? Well, that's the big thing is um if you really are into native mobile apps then they have their own specific language. Yeah. Um that's the beauty of using something like uh, JavaScript. Yeah. Because you can build something in JavaScript and deploy on a mobile phone um or a website or yeah. like there's just a lot of options. I love doing new things on my phone that don't require me to download another fucking app. Yes, that's that that's the other thing okay. uh, with the uh, web app is that if it's a web app that kind of acts like a uh, an app yeah. like behaves like an app but it's all web. Yeah. Then, you know, you have that. That's possible, but again, that's the part where it's hard because you need to have like a the left brain and right brain at the same time like yeah. designing it, making it look nice, like most yeah. people are you know like on one side or the other as opposed to having both so yeah. that's where you need to have your teams of developers and designers and so you, you need the engine and the parts to work yeah but you also need to look pretty on the outside yeah exactly before you get the ferrari exactly <laughs> yep just for the heck of it just to defend my c sharp statement over javascript actually, oh let's go to war I, i really don't care uh people learn javascript but um the uh, a few years ago um when i searched wouldn't waste your time on javascript <laughs> no, <you>. no. <laughs> Uh, a few years ago, I searched uh, on uh, like Indeed.com, the job search, mm. um, uh, C-sharp jobs, JavaScript jobs, Python jobs. I, I searched the whole gamut. Of yeah. All, and then uh, C-sharp was the, actually the highest count of available jobs. Yep. So when I looked at the other ones like JavaScript, it was quite a bit lower. Python was a lot lower. Um, so I, I feel like o- available jobs, it was something that I 
for me, I was thinking, should I jump ship and learn something else? Should I learn JavaScript more? Should I right. learn oh. something else more? Because if if the number of jobs is coming down, first, if it was wait, but, where, where was .dot net? .dot um, net and C sharp, they're kind same of, thing. Same. .dot uh, okay. net is the framework. C sharp is the language to run that framework. Okay. Um, so yeah, C sharp and .dot net are the number one. But that was when I searched a few years ago. Yeah. So I don't know today yeah. if that's changed. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. It's 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 again, it depends. If you're trying to find a job, just look for, you know, again, like what is the most um, available jobs out there today. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you want to be like, um, have that option as well as start your own thing, mm-hmm. go with uh, something that can be applied across. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also JavaScript probably has the one of the easiest starts where C Sharp, I feel like there's a bit of a... Um, there's a learning curve. Yes, see, uh, JavaScript. You you're just right in. You could see your, uh, you could see a result right away, and you get oh. that 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 uh, endorphin rush or whatever when you finish a small tiny project. Whereas C sharp, I feel like that's that curve for me for me back then was felt like four months, but maybe I'm slower than most people. I I don't know. So you had to put in the grind before you got any. Yeah, that was yeah. that was kind of tough four months before i got to really see something and there's actually good and bad in in from that perspective like like you um, said earlier like javascript is easy to get started yeah the problem is that javascript is so um like not structured that mm. you can make it do almost whatever in like 10 different ways and uh. that flexibility can easily cause problems later on whereas in c sharp right. typically you have like um uh, predetermined way of doing things. And for uh, a very classic example would be like, uh, you're assigning, you're trying to store a name into something. Yeah. Or maybe the next one is the age into something and then your birthday into something. Yeah. When you store that information um, in C Sharp, when you retrieve later, you would get the exact value that you're expecting. Yeah. In JavaScript, it's possible that the, the the number that you assigned has now been overwritten somewhere and it's now a string instead. Oh. So in C sharp, there's data types more yeah. defined and then uh, Java is more variable ish. Yeah. Oh. So more less wild. Yes, it is. It can be wild. Exactly. There's so, times where like I, I try to do like, um, like the screen width and you want to save that screen width and then if they minimize or restore. When you store that screen width later on, if it was eight hundred, you might get back seven hundred ninety nine point nine 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 nine. And but if you try to alter it, it could have happened. You didn't. You right. didn't. You didn't know JavaScript would work that way. Yeah. Ah. So there's. Yeah, there's there's especially for accounting software, right? I mean. Yeah, you don't want to be unrounding your numbers. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's again. Um, I guess there's good and bad yeah. to either one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about what if a young person right now goes, "Hey, I'm gonna go learn COBOL, and then I'll be the guy." There's still some companies, uh, but again, <laughs> the the thing about it is that you have a we'll charge um, a lot. Very, uh, I would actually, it's, it's it's a mix. Some people say they are able to, yeah, um, but I really doubt it. I mean, um, you have a very if you have like a very specific target like you have your you know your parents or you know somebody who works in the yeah new jersey board of uh whatever employment um because they, they just they were just on tv um we, we don't hate new jersey no no no, 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 no. <laughs> they, they, the the governor was on tv um 
was that like 10 months ago? Yeah. Asking like, you know, we need COBOL programmers. They're desperate for oh, COBOL yeah. programmers. Yeah. So, I mean, in that case. <laughs> Jersey's desperate for any kind of programmers. <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> Throughout time. <laughs> then you, there you have it. You know, that can be good. But on the other hand, if you really want something more sustainable or like you just be free to move wherever, yeah. COBOL's not your bet. Um, ah. programming would typically be like um, more the buttoned up, hands-on, like or, or in-person coding. Like you won't have, you probably won't have as much option compared to the other languages too. It's old-fashioned, right? Yes, it's more old-fashioned. I got a question for both of you guys. What languages have you been paid to work in? I've been C sharp my whole life. You never been paid to use another language? Well, I mean, with C sharp, you're gonna use JavaScript. Sequel. SQL, uh, HTML, I don't, uh, CSS. I don't consider that. That's not. Oh, yeah. sorry. That's not a programming language. We yeah. cross that out. <laughs> that's a design. Um, but a skill you have to learn. Yeah. Um, so that's so, so a handful of languages. You've been able to make a career out of mm-hmm. a ha- handful of languages. Oh yeah, you can you can stick to one, and uh, as long as that language doesn't die off, you you can be set for life. What was that a one? Mas eighty, mass eighty. What? Remember there used to, uh, there used to be that dude at Cosmo that was in that super old language uh, that nobody the, else knew. RPG. Yeah, 100. RPG. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Now I've done RPG four hundred, um, COBOL, um, C, C plus plus, C sharp, uh, JavaScript. I guess Oracle. There's, I mean, they have their own uh, PL so no, SQL language. No uh, Python. No, I've never touched Python. Um, is that a super modern thing, or it is, or is it one of the more? That, it's not that new, but it wasn't as popular back then. Uh, again, because it's a scripting language. Um, back then, what, what does that mean? So, scripting languages are. Uh, remember earlier we talked about the comments in the code and mm-hmm. having compiled versus not compiled. Yeah, a lot of these languages previously were all translated, as it's called. Um, it's, yeah translated by the, uh, interpreted by the runtime environment um, while the user's using it. So every time you click on something, it interprets the, the source code and then do what it's supposed to do. Whereas in compiled, the written programming language you pick get converted into machine language mm. at build time, like one time, and then every user, it just uh, works, it just runs, no compilation at that point. Okay, let me let me try to translate to our viewers and listeners. If I understand correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if you're a programmer, you're writing lines of code and you're giving commands mm-hmm. and putting in values, and there's a certain structure called syntax, mm-hmm. a certain grammar that you have to use of how you program it. Otherwise, it ain't gonna work. Right. The computer you have is made of transistors and microchips and motherboards and all these RAM and parts. Those uh, semiconductor parts can't actually read your sentences. They actually only read ones and zeros. Correct. So when you compile, it takes all of your code instructions and translates it to ones and zeros for the computer to actually run. Yep. Is that okay? That's the one. Is that a good understanding? Yes. Okay. Would you add anything to that? No, no I don't want to get more complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, the, the big difference is when does that translation happen? Does it, ah. does it happen? after the developer deploys, like when they're yeah. like, okay, I'm releasing my software now, like the Microsoft Office that you have on your desktop, for example, yeah. that used to be desktop only. Whereas ah. now there's a web version and that web version is typically also translated on the fly as you start working. Wait, you can use Microsoft Office on the web? 
Yeah, there's web versions of it now. You got to pay for it though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's now... Um, I was thinking Windows, but now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, wh- hey, when I start up uh, Microsoft computers, why does it take so long for it to boot up? What is it thinking uh, about? It's, why um, can't it just do what I want right away? Yes. Um, that was actually a thing uh, when back in the days, they, they were like, computers will never be a um, uh, like um, popular thing for the masses. Yeah. Because unlike your TV, you just press the button and it's on. Yeah, my toaster works immediately. Exactly. So well, almost. Well, the thing is, that it has to set up a lot of things in memory, mm-hmm. like especially the graphics. Like it, it has to take the time. Um, used to be like some computers used to take like a minute to boot up, right? Nowadays, yeah. it still you know it still takes a while, but it's like more you would fire seconds. it up and you would go get coffee. Right. Right. No, back then. <laughs> now it's more like seconds, but it's still not the same as pressing on TV. Yeah. But the thing that we don't talk about as computers are your phones. Yeah. It's just always on. Yeah. I can turn on my phone right now. Yeah. Well, it, it was always on though. Okay. The, it was never off. I mean, yeah. if you try to actually boot it up, then it still takes time. The boot but, takes uh, like probably 10 seconds, right? Yes. But you, do, you don't see that at all now because you just have it on uh, blackout mode and then yeah. you press a button and it's like instant on. Like it was on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 So can they make all our computers just on all the time? They can, except it eats up uh, a lot of um, energy, electricity. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can yeah. it go to like a low energy? Yeah, they they tried doing that with the um, what do they call it? Hibernation mode and the sleep mode. Oh. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, I mean, back in the early 2000s. I thought you were going to tell me I'm complaining about nothing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> kinda, in a long way, I'm going to say that. But okay. I feel like back in the 2000s, I used to complain about my computer would take anywhere yeah. from a minute to five minutes to boot up. Yeah. Nowadays, on high-end computers, like I, I was building some com- high-end computers, like booting up in like seven seconds. But yeah. as you run that computer, you install more apps and there's more things that start up and then it gets into the... I think my computer, it's pretty expensive right now, but even then it still takes a, it kind of takes a minute. I, well, eh, it takes about a minute to boot up. We should, um, we should do a dip benchmark test for everybody in the, in the comments. How long does it take you to go from your computer is asleep to getting started and opening up Pornhub <laughs> and starting your video? Yeah, audience, how long does it take for your computer to boot up? Um, I was, I was going to say use a stopwatch, but you should use a stopwatch. There was, I want to say somewhere around 2005-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah. I want to say it, that was probably the peak, unfortunately, peak time where some computers have taken five, ten minutes. I don't know if you guys remember any of those computers. Like, if you, if you had an old enough computer with a complicated enough load of software. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people, um, I think I had a computer that was near four, four minutes at one point. So I would just go get a drink and come back. It was pretty lame. But I feel like as take a dump. <laughs> if you get under one minute, it's kind of that's where a lot of computers are are yeah. nowadays. That yeah. one minute doesn't matter to most of us nowadays. I want ten seconds or less. No, I agree with you. I, I like it too. I, when uh, my previous build, I was booting up in seven seconds. That was really awesome. Oh. But how often? How often? Do I you need to type right now. Because <laughs> uh, with the sleep mode, um, eh, I'll take seven to 15 seconds sometimes depending yeah. on the computer depending on the cpu right. depending on a bunch of factors yeah so 15 seconds starts to feel like it doesn't matter but do you agree with us oscar no that's exactly right but the the biggest thing though is 
um, around that time when the solid state disk came out, yeah. everyone was like, oh, I can boot in less than seven seconds. <laughs> that was the thing. And then of course, as soon as the software developer sees this, they're like, yeah. oh, you know what? I can preload this, this antivirus or this other package. Uh, that way when you need it, it will be there. So yeah. people start adding the, the, the more powerful the machine become, Mm-hmm. the software becomes even more complex and they're like oh your yeah. software can now understand you it can listen to you and interpret what you say right so, okay. kind of like a, a tangent connection uh the other so remember back in early 2000s you wanted to build a website i think it was under 200 kilobytes i forget the exact size i went to nfl.com the other day and i it was probably like a year ago but i downloaded the just just to see how big nfl.com was mm-hmm. it was eight megabytes to get to nfl.com <laughs> so so you're talking about how much memory or how much data it takes for a website to run yeah the, so back in the days when things were slower you wanted a small efficient site right? yeah yeah so eight megabytes is a super huge is yeah big? i mean that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. and unfortunately, not, not to make fun of third world countries, but third world countries <laughs> yeah. probably would not want to go to NFL.com. Yep. Uh, well, what? Someone that has a slow computer, slow internet would not want to go to yep. NFL.com. Oh, come on. Somalia wants to know what's going on with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah. You got or Aaron, the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. The Aaron Rodgers looks like a pirate. He's got this ponytail thing going on. So yeah. I, I think as technology progress, we uh, software engineers, yeah, unfortunately, are making it, uh, making websites, everything, uh, programs, apps, all more complicated. Yeah. So you're saying the more money Americans make, the more they spend. That's true too. <laughs> <That's a similar laughs> whatever, whatever analogy. your salary or earnings yep. is, you spend up to your eyeballs. Yep. Is it because we have all this temptation? We have so many. Yeah, I mean, you're competing with the other people. I mean, in, in the software industry, um, when you know yeah. Google came out with this feature, like everyone else has to come up with a similar feature, and then now you're having again, you know, like your facial recognition, facial recognition, voice recognition, yeah. translate the the site on demand. Like you're in a new place, and you want to see, like, oh, I'm lost. Where am I? And then you use your phone, and I mean, that is like a lot of uh, computing power and yeah. memory that's needed. So all that is now possible because we have a much more powerful hardware yeah. um, and network. Like if the mm. network is, is bad, like you really won't even attempt that. But yeah. now that the network is so fast, like, oh, let me add all this. And then now you get to a point where everything slows down or it's really slow because your phone is like 10 years old or five years old, whatever. So no, we, they don't last that long anymore. True. <laughs> three, three or four would be an old phone, right? Yeah. I think they're designed to self-destruct. I have a three-year-old phone, actually. Yeah, your battery's going to start expanding. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know what? You know what was a super exciting feature when it first came out, where you could you could hold your phone to like foreign text, mm-hmm. and it would translate it right on the fly, yep. and then uh, it would even show on the screen. Yep. I forgot about that for a while, but the other day a friend gave us some uh, Korean. They're like popsicle ice creams. They're like a weird milk flavored. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but. Uh, it was all in Korean text. Mm-hmm. And so I tried the phone thing and it's it's built in native into my photo. Like when you go to take a picture, it's right. built in native. You got to switch to the mode. And it like literally translated and like overlaid graphics so that as if you were looking at it in English. And it was, it was amazed me again. And then it amazed me that it was just taken for granted that it was just sits yeah. there on my phone unused forever. Exactly. And all the time, the phone, every time the phone boots up, it has to load all that stuff. And yeah, you never know when you're gonna use it, or you know, like 
it should never been loaded because I never used it. But yeah. you know, when you need it, it's like, oh, good thing it's already loaded. Can so, you could you strategize it to load what it thinks you're going to use right away, and then something like translating foreign text it can load after you're yeah. ready to play? Can it do that in the background while I'm? It tries. While I'm racing to Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I think Windows, Microsoft, or I mean, probably Android, all of them, they put a lot of effort into that. Surprisingly, I, I don't know anything about it. So it's, yeah. I'm just saying they still seems like they none of them have figured out the sweet spot. Right. Um, maybe uh, this, whatever it's going on is the sweet spot, mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like it for us end users, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got a different programming question. What's so uh, some of us here are crypto enthusiasts into cryptocurrencies and blockchains. Mm -hmm. Is programming a blockchain different than programming in other stuff? I mean, is that different languages or is it, is it a whole different world or is it very similar to just being a computer programmer to make a blockchain? No, it is a different, um, different mindset. Um, I mean, you can have uh, somebody who's specializing in device drivers, for example. That's okay. to make the um, whatever piece of hardware be able to work with your operating system. I mean, that's one particular type of um, development. There's people who are specializing in games. Some yeah. people specialize in applic business application. Yeah. Like it's those are, I mean, in their own ways, they're unique and uh, different. And cryptocurrency is like you need to be one really good in math. Um, really understand like all the cryptographic, um, you uh, know, like what's the best way and why would you use a certain uh, crypto uh, library for certain things? Um, yeah, does, there's does it use the same languages, programming languages, or different? It can. Okay. Um, there are some common languages used, but also like there are some that are really specialized. Uh, for example, right now, um, Rust is like a, one of those languages which really hot from a like the bleeding edge type thing. Yeah, Rust. Yes. Like if you don't want rusty software, use Rust. Like, ah. um, I mean, it's supposed to be really good. Um, I haven't actually used it, but I, you know, looked at it a little bit. But Wait, do you make up that uh, catchphrase or is that their marketing? No, no, I just made it up. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, Rust <laughs> is uh, like one of the things it's supposed to be really good at is um, like it doesn't, um, it's a lot harder to create a program that's, leaky like memory leaks so okay. one of the issues with memory leaks is that the, when you start using a, a program it's okay and then after like you know an hour it's now slower and then after two hours it's not usable anymore and then after three hours it just dies wait your program gets tired what's happening so basically it's using memory and not releasing the memory like ah. although it's done with it it's not re actually releasing it back so i mean it sounds really simple but it still happens today. I mean, there's languages like C Sharp, uh, for example, was built exactly for that reason where um, it automatically garbage collects. Well, that's the terminology they use to yeah. basically look for things that are not used anymore and remove the references to them so that they can be reused by something else. Is that like if I'm browsing the internet and downloading websites, when you have that white website up, it's going to take up some memory. Right. But then I go to another website. Yep. I don't need that one anymore. Right. You could save the address of it. But no, I that's different. But I, yeah, but I don't need to save the whole page and all right. the code, right? So if you never cleared out your... I guess the, the, the comparison would be if you open a tab yeah. and then open another tab and keep opening tab, never closing the other tabs. I do that a lot, yeah. Yes, that would be it. That would be the memory is like just going up. Because like, um, they're all running. Yes. But in, in the memory leak scenario, yeah. 
even though you close that tab, mm-hmm. yes, it's still it has open. a copy. Yeah, it's still open. Yeah, so okay. that the memory leaks happen a lot right. in in certain languages. Yeah, huh. I would have called it like a memory bottle or a memory. I would call it garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Memory garbage. Yep. Kinda. Yeah, you can call it that. Okay. No, well, is, I mean, the, the the leak is because in some, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I work in C sharp, so I don't really deal with leaks that much. Yeah, I don't mean to change programmer terminology. Um, I've I played around with Android a bit, and I was trying to program a a, um, a encrypted messaging app. But anyways, as it was looking for updates, somehow that looking for a new message, there was some sort of memory leak. I I theorize. So I, in essence, created that memory leak because I didn't know how to tell it to look for a new message and mm. then stop looking up. So it was just accumulating and yeah. clog- clogging up. Its- yeah. So yeah. then after a few minutes, uh, because it was checking up for a message every five, every five seconds. So after a few yeah. minutes, it just started to lock up that app. Mm. Yeah. You could call that a security feature. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A lot of security bugs are actually um, done that way. Yeah. No, I mean, like, by accident? No, like hacking into phones and like oh. hacking into computers is because of those memory leaks. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, actually always, a big thing. always talking like about a, hacking. What do they call it? Buffer overflow. Yeah. Like that's a common exploit. Is that different than a stack overflow? Yes, it's, uh, it's similar, but I'm not sure if you're referring to the website, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I invited the Stack Overflow founder for a podcast. We'll ah. see if he responds. Oh, okay. is a website called Stack Overflow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually very, for me, it's very popular. I That's where I probably copied maybe 75% of the code I've ever produced. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quite popular for a lot of developers, yeah. Okay, so for our, our listening audience, if you're a programmer and you want, if you need a piece of code to grab the data from here and put it in this format, you could program all of that from scratch or you could do a quick search and see if somebody's already programmed that. And then yeah. you just copy it and fit it to your need instead of reinventing the wheel every time. Is yep. that, is that yep. the way to look at it? That's one way to look at it. And the other uh, is when you run into issues, like you wrote something and mm-hmm. it's not working, then yeah. you can use the stack overflow to search for answers. Like yeah. what did I do wrong? Yeah. Or, or kind of like if you're building a car, you're like, well, I can use uh, a regular engine and then put an alternator on it yep. or I can put a water pump on it. So you, there's a way that, things are already exist. Yep. Or you could say, let's design a car from scratch. How right. would I, I would, I want my own nut and bolts. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. so instead of re-engineering every problem, yep. You can get something that's most of the way there and customize it. Yep. That's okay. One yeah. So yeah. does, do you owe stack overflow some donations or how does that work? Um, I've, I've submitted maybe, I think three or four answers, maybe, maybe less, maybe only, it's really tough to be, the first person to answer something because so there will be a bunch of people around the world asking hey how do i fix how do i how do i fix this yeah um by the time i've gotten to it like usually there's five answers already so you've contributed to the knowledge base yes right? yes yeah once or twice or yeah i think once nice. or twice so yeah uh, i think what they've done now is a uh what's it a freemium like you get you can go and you know look for answers but after a certain point like if you don't contribute you have to start paying oh yeah so to look up answers. Yeah. But if you also like contributing, then you're getting points for use later on. So if you were looking at Yelp all the time and not putting in a review. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Should we jump back all the way to you getting to America? Let's jump Coming back to, to America. America. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, not singing is not my thing. <laughs> did, did you go right into Silicon Valley or somewhere else? No, I never actually worked in Silicon Valley. That's the one thing How'd I... How'd you know about all these food trucks and uh, Star oh, Trek models? A lot of my coworkers, um, <laughs> we had a lot of coworkers who were um, from India. Mm-hmm. And the thing with India is that they... There was so many applicants that a lot of them were not getting their green cards. So oh. there, there was no incentive to stay in one company. So when Google starts calling or eBay starts calling, they jump almost immediately. Okay. And then, you know, afterwards, they, we still message, we still talk. So yeah. we're like, oh, yeah, we just got this uh, food truck from uh, Sun Microsystems. Oh, they were because, bragging. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. they were sharing with us all this information. Gotcha. But the IBM one, the Star Trek one, I did actually come over to Vegas the first time. <laughs> that was the uh, IBM workshop. Wait, were your Indian ex-coworkers sending you messages on AIM? Was that Yeah, yeah, that AIM and email. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, ICQ? <laughs> ICQ. Yeah, yeah. I think I still re- remember my seven-digit number on ICQ, oddly, because it's... <laughs> Like a phone number. Because you were so, living yeah. life so hard that moment. Right? Yeah, yeah. As a teenager, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, um, that's how I learned about all the, uh, what's happening in the in the valley. And um, it's also like inviting, right? But at the same time, like, I want to get my green card. I want to make sure I'm established. Then I might move. So, so you stayed at your company to earn your green card. Yes. Um, and then that was like um, 99 up to like, 2005 what were you work, what were you programming at that company um what we were actually supporting a lot of the startup companies um a diff- just different types of uh, work um i'm always confused or no i'm always interested in everything computer so mm-hmm. um one day i would be like uh, sent to do like networking support mm-hmm. and uh, microsoft exchange in the next and then the next one would be a programming work or a consulting work at the um one of the california government sites um, that was actually an interesting one only because the guy who was working there was already very good. He was really ah. sharp. And I'm like, why do you need me here? If you know, like I can see like you're really good. And yeah. it's like, oh, because I can't spell. What? And I'm like, what do you mean you can't spell? I mean, you're, you know, I see your work. It's, it's great. And it's like, no, when I, when I have issues, I can't Google things because what I type in is misspelled. So Google's not responding correctly or he's not able to find answers like he's dyslexic or he literally doesn't know how to spell i don't know i mean that that was just what he said and then weird so you know like i would be uh, he would like be stuck on something and then i google it and then i'm able to find the answers and that's crazy yeah so i'm like dude you don't need me here like what am i doing here so um, you were his googler yes I, I was his googler yeah pretty much did he seem like a weird dude not really not particularly particularly I bet he had a. I bet he had a budget for his department. He was like, oh, I could use a friend. Could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Now it was still like a two week uh, gig. They were <laughs> they were trying to um, push their product out, uh, and it was working on IBM. So our company was a big, a big um, IBM uh, shop. So yeah, it was helping out uh, like DB2, um, WebSphere. Wait. So did you have to? Look up really complicated words or what was having no, you Google? I mean, uh, most of it, I mean, we, we were trained. I mean, uh, the company actually sent us to a lot of IBM training. Yeah. So I was with, um, you know, like learning all the DB2 stuff. So 
sometimes I don't have to Google. I, I'm just able to answer uh, a lot of his questions. But there were yeah. some questions where I had to Google as well. And again, like I'm like, dude, like I'm just Googling this stuff. Like, yeah. And then he's like, oh yeah, like because he would tell me the exact problem, and I would just type in the exact thing he just told me. Uh huh. And I'm able to find answers, and he said he could not find answers. Wow. So I'm like. I don't know. Like, was it a the way he he asked the question on Google? Yeah, maybe his brain was wired a different way. Maybe hmm. programming genius, but not good at googling. Yeah. Do you happen to now that you've had so much time in America, the, your whole ex- career also? Do you think back getting that visa to work here and or getting that job offer? Do you think back like was your skill sets worthy of it, or do you think oddly thinking back, do you think America's talent pool? Maybe because you said earlier there's so many programmers needed and there wasn't enough. Right. Do you think you were overqualified, underqualified now thinking back, reflecting on it? Did American programmers suck back then? That could be it. No, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of really good developers um, here yeah. already, but um, I guess you can say like, you know, there's probably like the top 1%, uh, like the Elon Musk, the um, Steve Jobs type of people who are like really, like really good. And then, you have like this different levels, right? So wait, but you're not saying they're good programmers, right? I mean, some of them were pretty good. Um, Steve Jobs? Wozni- Wozniak. Oh, Wozniak, Wozniak, not Steve Jobs. Sorry. We'll give it um, to Woz. Yes, yes, yes. Woz. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> no, that's that's right. Um, but the point is that, again, the, you have this um, really high level and then you have a lot of this. I feel like it's almost crazy that the H1 visas allocated every year is like almost... I would say 99% going to India, to hiring people from India. Ah. You can't possibly have all the best programmers in the world only coming from India. Like, ah. So to me, I would say I'm probably more towards the, the better half of, the, of the, uh, that scale. I mean, who knows? You would uh, put yourself in the top half of all programmers. I would. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very modest, Oscar. Yeah, somewhere there. What, um, about, what about top 20%? I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how to measure, but... Yeah, if we had ten programmers right now and they were assigned a task, would you would you smoke eight eight out of ten of them? Well, let's 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 not. <laughs> That's have, hard. It, it's tough for someone to judge himself. <laughs> out of the thirty-ish programmers I've worked with, Oscar's up there. He's, I mean, badass. Yeah, yeah, he's in the top top three, if not the top two. I, I don't know. Yeah, go, I guess I'm I'm able to relate to computers, like um, you know how some people are able to read other people. I'm able oh, yeah. to read computers that way. Like um, you can tell if it's having a bad day. Well, maybe not that, but no. <laughs> more like, um, okay. So here's an example. Like when I was starting in that uh, professional company that I work for, um, we were using an Oracle software. Uh, it's called Oracle forms back then. And um, actually developer 2000 was the, the um, suite of products. And this was in 96, I think. Oh, you're so, working in the future. Yeah, I was in working in the future. So <laughs> actually that still comes up in interviews like um, every now and then they're like, how come your resume says 2000, but this was in 96. But the point is oh, that it's a, um, it's a software that um, not really that commonly used. So yeah. only a few people knows it. So um, I became like the, um, the whisper of the software in our company because I mm. could figure out like, oh, um, although the screen is presenting it this way internally, it's probably doing it this way. And then I try it and then it actually responds the way I expect it to. And like, oh, yeah. this is how they coded it on the back end, which is, 
you know, you don't really see it uh, from a just looking at this thing like, oh, according to the documentation, it sh- should be that way. Yeah. Um, and then um, that software in particular, they were trying to install it and get it running for, I think, two months before I arrived. Yeah. And then my first week, I got it running. Did they buy so, a launcher or anything? No. Ah, oh, bastards. But I mean, I, I, I feel like that became a big uh, reason why I got promoted really fast within that company. Okay. Um, even without my diploma yet at that point. So yeah. again, we were told, right, I mean, no diploma, you're going to be at the bottom of the scale. Yeah. Well, I still rose up pretty quick um, and surpassed a lot of other people within the company because of that. Yeah, because you could figure shit out. Yes. Yeah, so um, I feel like a lot of the, um, the that mindset is really like very, uh, again, logical and being able to relate to the machine. You got to be careful when you're that good, the people above you start to see you as a threat. Yes, I've actually had that. <laughs> um, I've had that and... Um, he he was making fun of me like you know like why the computer did the computer tell you that it was doing that like <laughs> no uh, but you can see the result right <laughs> and it became so uh, weird like I, he would he would approach one of my coworkers who was a uh, you know a girl and she would, he would be like hey if you pass Oscar in the street would you give him a second look and I'm like what has that got to do with anything <laughs> wow no it's about dominance and hierarchy yes, and success he was, and he was exactly doing that focus on the wrong thing yep. Yeah. So another uh, for our for our viewers and listeners, if you are alive in the uh, '80s and '90s, the year 2000 was this. It represented the future. Like there's going to be a day when we have fi- flying cars and everything's going to be robots and it's going to be amazing. And in a way, the the year 2000 was that magical day. Like you couldn't even imagine. Like I can't even. This is 1988. Uh, what's the year 2000? That's like the far future. That's incredible. Yes. It was this weird cultural idea so there was a lot of projects that were if you had the word 2000 or the numbers 2000 in it it was to say this is the high-tech future thing yep because it's the whatever 2000 oh yeah for sure uh in fact i was taken in by that company and their specialization was y2k yeah the y2k projects like they had uh, um their customers were like kaiser permanente mm. uh citibank um i forgot the company in hawaii but a lot of big companies were their clients because of Y2K. So that's part of the reason I was able to come over because of Y2K. Can you explain Y2K, Lim? I did my high school uh, paper on that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you copy it or did you write the paper? (laughs) I think that one I copied. So I, yeah, I copied most online. Back back in 2000 or 1998, like um, the plagiarizing, um, (laughs) right? system wasn't really online yet yeah so i was able to use online to write papers and, right um the, the teachers didn't know how to do it so yeah, they didn't know exactly. how to catch you yeah 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 okay yeah yep. um yeah so y2k is just uh, when uh, they thought that the when 2000 the numbers on a lot of devices whether it could be elevators in the elevator has a a clock and then it, it thought that uh when 2000 hit a lot of these computers could go down because it doesn't know how to decipher the timing and how to is it, is it because memory was so scarce and precious that they were representing the years as a two digit yes like it'd be 97 instead of 1997 yeah and then they were afraid that uh well we don't have enough data in there for it to know it, we didn't we never thought the year 2000 would get here so we don't know yeah. what's going to happen to this program mm-hmm. when the date changes past yeah 99 yep okay remember that vocational school that i went to 
Um, is this the, the forging documents one or no the one after that um, <laughs> that's cool um one of the teachers i was asking the teacher like why are you storing storing the year as two digits only what happens in year 2000 and yeah. his answer was well by then your programs would not be running yeah we're gonna have new programs because it was like i said it's in the far future like and this yeah. was in uh 94 you'll get forever man it's fine exactly and it's like uh okay i guess thank you because now i have another job in the u.s wow yeah so that, that was a big thing everybody thought all our systems were going to crash so like is our is the air traffic control computers going to go down are our banks like is my is my atm card not going to work tomorrow right people were really worried yep i mean there were some crazy uh stuff that happened um i remember there was a um what do you call that? Like the sewage system? Oh, that! Oh shit! Plugged up? Exactly. <laughs> it was. They got flooded. I forgot which town it was. Um, but they were. They got flooded <laughs> because of it. They were um, high tech computerized sewer. Exactly. It so, backed up shit. <laughs> yep. There was a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there were that, and then there's the occasional um the blockbuster uh, rental fee like oh, you yeah. return something and then it's like oh you owe like a thousand dollars like <laughs> you're a hundred years late exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i mean there were a lot of those but for the most part it was a dud yeah i forgot about blockbuster in those days yes they had a, a computerized a green monitor where they log in and out your rentals yep yeah back when you choose a movie for the weekend there you go yeah we're gonna watch this movie four times to get our money's worth you know the um, the guy who works at Netflix now to uh, predict like which shows would become the next hit. Okay. He actually worked at the I think the Blockbuster or what's the other one? What's your phone? One of those Hollywood one, Hollywood Video. Yes, yes. So one of those uh, companies ah. he worked there, and then he was like reviewing movies so he can recommend better for his customers. Ah. And then now because of that experience, he became he's now working for Netflix and figuring out like what's going to be the next big hit like which which right. um, series to cut and, you know, those kind of things. He's part of the decision-making now. I, I wonder, he must have a good track record. Yeah, I bet. Because you wouldn't hire him just because he was at Hollywood Video. Well, like, we got to be like, this guy's good at predicting hits. No, I mean, you would be surprised, like, what um, companies as big as Netflix would, would do to hire or what kind of skill set they would hire for. Like, yeah. again, it's a very specialized skill set. Like, he has, like, a catalog in his head, like, which movies are doing what and be, they became a hit because of what they did. Like, yeah. it's just seemed so random, right? Like it's, I mean, it's not, it's, it's all in his head apparently. So don't make Smokey and the Bandit five. There you go. <laughs> gotcha. I feel yep. like we've solved the entire past and future of America just now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. Right. No, but that, that's the thing, though, is that it's never logical, right? I mean, yeah, it's always about the emotional side of things. I feel like that's a big miss, especially for a lot of developers, is that most people who are techs or techies, like um, yeah, Google Glass, for example. Oh yeah, those glasses that had yeah, a built-in I mean, camera and a. If you think about it, I mean, it has a lot of potential. Yeah, it has a lot of good uses, but because it's not cool it never became a thing. Instagram, yeah. on the other hand, like, seems like a useless Oh, thing don't you me. dare. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> if you think about it, it's a time waster, right? I mean, everyone's just wasting our time. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, yes, there are a few exceptions, but 
those are the ones that are becoming big hits. Yeah. So if you're starting a company, don't think logically. <laughs> yeah. Think of the emotional side of things, but still be logical enough to actually implement it. So you have to think, what is the audience that's watching the Kardashian show? What do they want? Yes, yes, that's exactly your competition. Okay, I'm yep. not saying it's a stupid show or anything. I didn't say that. <laughs> I've never I watched it. <laughs> no, no, it's a popular show. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly what you need to compare yourself to or Netflix, like, you know, what would Netflix do? They would make Avatar 3. There you go. There's a little bit, uh, something connected to that where Emmett talked about, um, he didn't think, I think NFTs with cryptocurrency would go anywhere years ago. Um, and then what was some of the uh, crypto kitties and whatnot. But we had a discussion the other day where Emma was just saying, man, we can't uh, try to disregard all the things that we think are just entertainment, but they turn out to be massive, huge things, Axie Infinity. Mm -hmm. So it's. I think, uh, yeah, entertainment has a huge value to Americans because we're so lucky to be rich and have so much free time yep. that you're competing for people's attention yeah. yeah so if you can entertain people yep and you grab them because i mean that that's exactly why back in the days you'd go to blockbuster and rent a movie for the weekend because there wasn't a whole lot of other entertainment options you had like right. three tv channels and then you could go hit a ball in the park with a stick or something right yep there wasn't like all this video and computer technology everywhere like the other day we were shopping for refrigerator refrigerators they had a freaking smart screen on the refrigerator <laughs> that ties into your home right it can show you who's at the doorbell. Yep. Like, and it counts your eggs and shit. And it's like, this is insane. Uh, I have absolutely no need for this, but I could see how somebody would want to spend $3,000 on this they, fridge with a TV. They've been pushing on it. that for a while now. Yeah. So I think we, I think we humans, we Americans are suckers for entertainment. And I think to a, to a fault, I, I can point to some examples where I think we are captive to entertaining things and we can't let them like, when people say, oh, there's aliens, They're, they live among us, <laughs> it's possible. I yeah. mean, I, in all the years I've been around, I don't think there's any good evidence to think there's aliens walking around. I thought they were going to say, of all the years that I've been around, they haven't detected me yet. <laughs> <laughs> can't find me. <laughs> you can't see me. <laughs> no, uh, but there's no, there's no great case, you know, no evidence. Right, right. No, no, but there's people that can't let go of that and they go, oh, they're there, man. There's totally. Yeah. As long as somebody believes. But I think anybody that's in the conspiracy theory world, like they're so entertained, they yeah. get captivated by those ideas that you can't just let them go. You can't go, ah, oh, that's illogical. I don't think that makes sense. And in a lot of ways, computers actually enable that. Um, enable so entertainment or conspiracy stuff? The conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess entertainment too, but the conspiracy stuff, um, this is supposed to be the information age, right? Yeah. But it's really becoming the disinformation age because what's happening is they um, tailor your um, results based on your profile. Like yeah. they take a profile of you based on, you know, things you've searched before, things you watched. Yeah. And so they would be like, oh, I'm pretty sure this guy is a flat earther. Yeah. So when you start typing, the earth is flat and then the autocomplete, like on Google, when you start typing, it yeah. would autocomplete and it would have suggestions. It would say something like has been proven. <laughs> Earth is flat for sure. Yes, that would be the first thing that <laughs> would come up. A thousand percent. As opposed to, you know, the, the opposing opinion. Because yeah. Google doesn't know, like, what's really true or not. All it knows is this is the same people that you hang out with. They have the same profile as you. And all of them 
are saying this. So this is probably what you're looking for. It's try, so, trying to give you what you want. Yes, so it's reinforcing that. And now you have this stronger opposing opinions instead of like trying to understand and like, why did they say that? Like, why is yeah. the other side not, you know, understanding this? So in a way, technology has enabled a lot of the um, conspiracy and the division yeah. within uh, the US at the moment. Or even like uh, tracking devices in the vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's illogical because the people that are making the vaccines are these big biotech companies. They want to rip you off for a bunch of money. They don't want to put a tracking device in you. What are they going to track? Exactly. And, and if you are able to produce a tracker that's able to transmit and have power that long, yeah, you're a billionaire. Like That's a product by itself. Why would you waste it on something like this? Yeah, plus you could just put in a donut. It'd be a lot easier than in a vaccine. <laughs> true, true. Um, Free food. But it's such See, a, it all comes back to food. <laughs> but it's such an entertaining idea that people can't let go of it. They're yeah. like, oh, they're after me. Somebody wants to watch what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, are you really doing something interesting? <laughs> right. Are you really? You're going to the donut shop, aren't you? The government wants to know when you're going to the donut shop. Yep. Uh, and by the way, we can track your phone. You knew that, right? They're, they're already, <laughs> you already got all the info in the world on this supercomputer that you carry in your pocket. So it, so logically, there's no case. Right. But I think there's people that can't let go of that entertaining idea. Yep. Somebody's after me. They're, they're watching me, right? Yep. That's a lot more entertaining. Yep. I don't know. That's my theory. Yeah, no, and again, and again, with with Google and your Facebook feed and whatever, like all yeah. these are customized for who you are. And yeah. now it's saying, oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like, see, I found this news. It said this. Uh, you know, that's that's people. That's so, just how people are. Well, so we have a problem with uh, crazy, inf- at the very least, crazy information running wild on social media and through our internet. Yeah. What do you think would be a good way to? Kind listen. of address that. Like if you, you know. Yeah, listen. What? Really try to listen and be open to other. So this is something I find interesting in that the people who are able to travel mm-hmm. and be in other cultures typically are able to grasp like what is real and what is not. And at least be open to the idea of like, oh, maybe I'm wrong or maybe there's another possibility. Whereas people who've only been in one place, like it's like almost like zero chance that they would listen to you. Say like if you grew up in Atlanta and you never left Atlanta. Right. And there's, there's still some people who are like that. Like they've never yeah. left their town, right? And they're, they're just there. And yeah. the, when, when somebody says, oh, COVID, uh, the COVID vaccine gives you, it makes your testicles grow. Like really? this, just, this just happened, right? I mean, oh. uh, who was the, a celebrity? Um, somebody came out and said- Ashton Kutcher. No, no. Um, Russell Brand. No, a female. Uh, she said. Mila Kunis. No, she said her cousin, her cousin's friend in Jamaica. I forgot where. But the point is that that's why she won't have the vaccine because of all the possible side effects. So. Because her fr- cousin's friend's balls got bigger? Exactly. All right. So, but again, you know, like, I'm pretty sure there are people out there who would believe that and yeah. stick to it. Like, oh, yeah, this is true. The Queen Latifah? I think you're getting closer. Why? Because <laughs> um, Jamaicans are typically black. Is that why? Uh, well, the pop culture, I guess, is what <laughs> I'm thinking. But yeah, that too. I was going with Jamaicans are typically black. Yeah. Or African American. Well, no, Jamaican. I, I can actually see her face, and yes, she is black, but I can't remember Rihanna. her name. No. Okay, I don't know that many. Uh, it's in the Lizzo. Y- you can no, it, no. 
You can you can look up her name or the news. It, it's it's there. It was only like two days ago, three days Just ago. Just Google search Jamaica balls enlargement. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I need a, I like need that. a professional Googler. <laughs> No, I mean, I just happened to see the news and that's what came out. And I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Like, really? And then, um, I mean. Google knows what you want. Exactly. Exactly. They're giving you the news you want to see about testicles. Yep. <laughs> I think jumping back to your question, is there a way to fix misinformation on the internet? I theorize, so there's the capitalist focus, say, on Google, Facebook. Yeah, I would settle That's for all, making it better, like getting improvement. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the root of the problem is all the way back to the government, actually. So you have to have a, a system that's not rooted around just making money where profit is the only, is the absolute best motive. Yeah. You have to fix it by having something somehow, some government where, uh, where motivation is to help people. So I don't know if there's, if you could cut out lobbyists and then, and then have the government give funding and grants and tax breaks and, or maybe tax breaks wouldn't even be needed. If you fix the government, fix the government where companies that do good for the masses of people, government should be motivated to somehow give tax breaks, more grant money to reward and incentivize, incentivize a yeah. company that helps the masses. So therefore, if, if that system was in place, say Google, or uh, maybe Facebook's a better one. Yeah. Face, uh, okay, let's go Google, where if someone searched flat, the flat earth, they searched flat earth, blah, blah, blah. Google would be incentivized to help those type of people learn what is actually right. So yeah. then government that is able to quantify that somehow yeah. would give that Google better funding. Well, so then the counter argument would be, well, how does Google know what's good for me? Right, yeah, right. yeah. And now, like, where the censorship starts and yeah. ends. So, yeah. But if the consensus of scientists, hopefully if you have a body of educated people to, it's a consensus board yeah. that would vote that's not ran by money, but that's so far ahead, so, so far away. I'm trying to think of a way, a simple, a simple way to implement. Would it, what if we go, okay, enough screwing around, the earth's not flat, knock it off. Like, well, freedom of the press and we, free free speech. Like, I can say whatever I want. I mean, you know, that's always the argument, right? But you're not allowed to say the theater is on fire. Yes, but there's a an immediate impact, like um, you know, stampede or something. That yeah, Americans happen, right? are immediately stupid if they if they think <laughs> they're stupider if they think the Earth is flat. Yeah, it, usually the the words. What was it? What's the term like? Um, Words can't hurt you or something. Sticks and stones? Sticks and stones. There you go. So that's, I think that's. No, it may, it's making people stupider if they think the earth is flat. That is factually incorrect. I mean, there's a lot of factually incorrect stuff, but it's not. I'm saying we could never, start with, so the, the U.S. Board of Education could go, hey, you know what? The earth is definitely not flat. We're, we're, the Board of Education says no to anything that says the earth is flat. So now Facebook and Google can go. Well, it's not good to teach people there's flat. So we're going we're gonna to downplay that. You can go search for it if you want, but we're going to minimize, you know, we're going to change the algorithm so that flat earth, you know, anything that supports flat earth is going to. No, no, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, I'm like, we should be doing something like that. But at the same time, I, you would also have to think it from the other side, right? I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure they would come up with, you know, like, oh, you're censoring or you're 
the government uh, there's a government conspiracy to take away our our freedom and by doing you know like telling us that it's this like i mean that's what they're saying now about yeah the vaccine like what has anything like like um there's this guy who supposedly quit the military mm-hmm. because he would not get the vaccine the covid vaccine wasn't he like a reserve backup dude no 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 he was like a captain he was a pretty high high oh, level okay. uh, dude yeah but the thing is he submitted to the anthrax vaccine. Yeah. He submitted to the smallpox, uh, smallpox vaccine. Like, yeah. Why is it all of a sudden? Because those don't have tracking chips in them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that's exactly the problem, right? Like, it's it's yeah. just crazy what people believe, and then now you get into all sorts of mindsets. Like, yeah, it's not logical. I mean, you could argue that it's not logical, but from their perspective, it's like. This is reality. Yeah. Well, here, so for our viewers and listeners, I would say this. There, if you, if you want to believe in government conspiracies, right, A, it's hard because there's no the government. There's a, a huge, it's the system of government that we live under is so many different parts. There's the federal government, the state government, the city government, the county government. You got uh, military, you got defense, you got science, you got, the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, you got so many millions of parts. You got the FDA, you got the health department, you got, you could go, we could sit here all afternoon and make a list of government yeah. agencies. So yep. there's all these agencies that have some authority to regulate and not allow us to do things that should be for the greater good, right? So are there ever government conspiracies? There probably is, but if you have really complicated things that you're figuring out right now, cause some guy on the internet told you, that's probably not the case because the government is so fucked up that there's not a possible way for thousands of people to coordinate and pull off some grand conspiracy. It just doesn't work. So my dad used to work for the Department of Defense. So I have some experience. And I see the dudes that worked in there. These were like high-level dudes. They were just regular guys with families and they're like us. And I was an intern at the U.S. Embassy in Thailand. So I'd be walking in. I, I worked for the Army and a bunch of other offices, the, the community liaison office. I work for the office that issued passports. And this is a high schooler, right? So I'm going to these offices, they're regular people. Yep. And my dad, like one day my brother went to go check, uh, he was delivering for the Air Force. He's delivering mail, right? So back then you'd deliver mail to different offices. He's bringing in the mail and it happened to be our dad's office. He goes, hey guys, I got your mail, right? And you put it in the inbox. And my dad and his boss are leaning over their computer like, oh, how do I figure this out, right? And he ha- where the inbox was, he happened to see what was on the computer. Fucking solitaire. So there's no, <laughs> there's no, it's not super geniuses trying to fuck you over. It's just regular people collecting a paycheck. You know, everybody's trying to make money. If, if there's a money motive, then yeah. that's, there's probably something going on there. But if there's some grand, super high-tech, complicated conspiracy, <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to, nobody can pull it off. The average person can't pull it off. So are you going to collect all the geniuses together? No, the geniuses are doing math over at Harvard, right? So, and I, it totally makes sense to me what you said. Yeah. And it's logical. And again, unfortunately, yeah. what we figured out is that logic doesn't no, mean yeah. it will translate. <laughs> here's, here's the other thing I'll say to our audience too. Like statistics is not super hard math. All right. Did you get an A in statistics? If you were the guy that got an A in statistics and you got an A in chemistry and biology, you might be smart enough to figure some shit out. 
If you were the dumb shit in high school who didn't get an A in statistics, if you fucking failed statistics, weren't good at chemistry, and barely have a concept of biology, you might not be smart enough to figure shit out. This is a complex world. Just believe the people that are good at statistics and chemistry. You have to be good at detecting bullshit is what you really need to be good at, is figuring out who's telling you the truth and who's not. But if you think you, if you don't know an average from a mean to a median to, to being an outlier, if you don't understand those things, you probably can't evaluate medical claims. You can't evaluate whether the one guy getting his large balls in Jamaica is important or not. Yeah. I mean, this is... No, I mean, again, I, I totally agree with you. And in yeah. fact, the, um, the one thing on statistics that um, I find really funny is that now people are saying like, oh, see, the vaccine doesn't work. People who have vaccine are dying. Yeah. And I'm like, um, it's like, what, 90% who are not vaccinated are the ones who are dying? Yeah. And like, what, like a small, tiny portion of that are vaccinated. And they had a pre-existing condition and all this. But no, the only focus is the fact that, yes, a vaccinated person died. Like, yeah. okay. I mean, it's, again, because of their preference, their profile. They're, they're picking that piece of information. That's the information that's presented to them as well in a lot of their feeds. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. So I, I see that problem. You were talking about people are emotional. Um, people will... I don't know how to put it. it. They will prepare for highly unlikely things if there's an emotional impact. Yep. But for me, it's like, you need to spend your time and energy preparing for things that are most likely to happen. Um, you know, you might get in a car accident, but you're probably safe. So do we all drive around in cars? Yeah. Is it statistically the most dangerous thing we do? It's probably up there. Yep. So if you want to compare your other dangerous activities to driving a car, then that's a good way to look at it. But... Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm ranting and raving, but no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. Um, yeah. Again, it's just a matter of does logical, um, logically thinking about it really click with a lot of the people out there. Yeah. That's the biggest issue, I think. I mean, logically, there's a lot of things that we can say and do and prove logically, but if they won't have any of it because they believe otherwise. Yeah. For no logical reason. It's you, like, you just set me off again. Here's the other problem <laughs> with America is that dumb people don't know they're dumb. Yes. <laughs> right? Like out of 100 people, half of them are going to be dumber than average, right? There's some average. So statistically, half of us are dumber than average. I mean, yeah. Oscar can program the shit out of computers. You think you're smarter than Oscar? I don't think you are. Probably not. I mean, what do you do? Your mom, great. Uh, Hey, I, I know I make a lot of mistakes too. Yeah, and yeah. I know I know that I don't know a lot of things. Yeah, but there's people that walk around as dumb shits, and just by being rude and pushy and louder. Yeah, you know, and they can they can trick themselves into believing they're smart, and there's no test anymore. I mean, did you go get your degree in college? Did you you know did you do something that requires some intelligence? You know, I mean, that that should be the the test. Like, did you do intelligent things? I mean. Are you, are you are you having a great life because you made some great choices? No, you got a new tattoo. Nice. You probably you're probably not the smartest guy in the room. If that was your if that was your focus. Yep. I probably just pissed off all the tattoo people <laughs> and moms. <laughs> and moms. He said moms, and then he didn't. You're you're trying to say. Oh. I'm trying to no. say what's your big accomplishment, yeah, yeah. right? Mm. So being a mom is incredibly difficult. 
I respect and love moms. We all have moms, right? But I don't think it makes you smart. It doesn't make you intelligent, right? I mean, it's kind of a, it's a tough job. I, I can't be a parent. I don't have that. It could be uh, emotionally intelligent too, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's one aspect. But uh, most, I think what you're addressing are a lot of those people who are into conspiracy theories are less educated. Yeah, typically less educated. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an inverse correlation between higher education and pregnancy rates. That's too logical. <laughs> if you didn't understand that <laughs> sentence, go back to school before you think you're the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I think it was in Africa when they started teaching um, sex education in classes. I think uh, then um, a provide, oh, I think the other factor is providing university f- and college for women. Mm. The pregnancy r- rate went down, I think, 60%. Oh, in some African two, countries? Yeah, with those two factors. Yeah. Well, I mean, you start to think ahead. You start to think what are the repercussions of my consequences where does this road logically go yeah if i do it without a condom i'm probably gonna get some babies and is that what i want to do it's it's a planning thing i think right being smart enough to plan yeah and having the information and the tools available i can't blame anybody who didn't have the opportunity to get educated in the u.s we we are so lucky to have free public education and from what i hear high school kids are not uh maximizing that opportunity it's it's a Unfortunately. Yeah, a tough and dysfunctional education system. So, yeah. Sorry. Pissed off. <laughs> Fix America. Make America better. Again. <laughs> <laughs> no? Too much politics? <laughs> I would say he was a very entertaining president that couldn't be ignored. Definitely. I mean, I, I watched his shows in the past. I really like his uh, shows. It was very entertaining. Yeah. And um, I just didn't agree with a lot of um, the other things he's done. But, I mean, there were a lot of uh, things as well that, you know, like, yeah, it's okay. And to me, like, I tend to not believe in, uh, like, big governments. Yeah. Um, I want to trim down. Like, I feel like there's a lot of the bureaucracy and, again, money being spent on government and stuff. Um, Like you said, like... I doubt it's a conspiracy theory out there. There's already like, um, it's hard to coordinate like um, announced or like, um, you know, intention, like intentional stuff already, like doing something that's kind of hidden agenda type thing oh. is so much harder. Like, like even coordinating something like uh, implementing like um, the airport security and all that. Mm-hmm. Which is which after nine eleven was like a big thing, right? Yeah, it was hard. Like there was a lot of confusion. Yeah, this is already like out in the open. They're like trying to coordinate this, and yet it was hard. Um, are we there yet? But at this point, like some has regressed. I mean, you know, like it's. So you're saying it's so hard for our government agencies to even do the simple stuff they're supposed to do. They're supposed to do, and then right. now you're talking about hidden stuff that are you know, yeah. dark and only few people know about, like, what are the chances that they would a- be able to pull that off? Yeah. I mean, can't, I'm can't fix our freeways, yeah. <laughs> or fa- <laughs> nearly the non-profitable USPS. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it would fix the postal service. Get them cooler trucks. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know, I think they're doing okay now. I, don't, I haven't looked at an update on the post office. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know enough about. It. I hear something like, "Is it fifty 
billion dollars a year, 50 million or 50 billion? It's in the, in the negative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say we need, I mean, we can't just let the post office die and disappear. Oh, no, right? I, I agree. It's just, it's just crazy that the technology and the, well, more so the coordination of so many people by the government can't figure that out. Yeah, that should be an easy one, right? How do we make our, our mail work? Mm-hmm. Well, technically, isn't uh, the USPS a private company? It is technically, but it still takes, from my understanding, that fi- yeah. that $50 million deficit. Subsidized. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our tax money. If I pee in your mailbox, that's a federal offense. Yep. So that means it's not just private. Yes. Yes. No, agree. <laughs> agree. You, you might have a civil lawsuit also. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be a sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to America, everybody. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, should we jump back to software <laughs> engineering? Sorry. Uh, let's talk about things we actually know about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know where your mailbox is. So I'm gonna go take a dump in it tomorrow. <laughs> Nothing personal. It's just to prove a point. Right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So you've come to America. You're uh, programming... Near Silicon Valley? Yeah, near Silicon Valley. Okay. <laughs> the East Bay, San Francisco East Bay. Alameda? Uh, towards that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Contra Costa County. How long did you work at that company? Probably about five years. Uh, yeah. And what was the next uh, company? Um, the next company was uh, APL, uh, American President Lines. Um, that was in Oakland. That was in Alameda County. Was it um, shipping? Yes. Okay. Yes. How did were. you get that job? What was the... Um, we were assigned there uh, by that other company and then the other company closed shop and then we just got absorbed into the other company. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and then um, in over there, we actually deployed a software in the Appalachians. That was really cool. I wait, 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 wait. The Appalachians is these mountains over yes. on the East Coast? Yes, that one. Famous for being very rednecky and un- uneducated? Yes. What software were you deploying to the Appalachians? Um, so here's the thing. Growing up, I always liked that song uh, that had like... Uh, banjos? No, not banjos. Like, um, I can't remember the title of the song right now, but like Country Road. Uh, uh, Just a home. good old boy. Oh, Take Me Home Country Road? Yes, yes, that one. Take Me Home. Yes. Is there copyright problems if I sing? Probably. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So that song has a lot of like the Blue Ridge Mountain and you know like all that stuff. So yeah. visiting there was like, oh wow, this is the thing that was in that song that I really <laughs> loved singing when I was growing up. It was really cool. But then you get to the place and it's like kind of depressing a little bit. Like um, uh. one of the uh, drivers that we had um, kind of look like and speak like uh, Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt with a mullet. <laughs> yes. Okay. Joe Dirt was a caricature, like a comedy character of a like a country redneck okay yeah but he that was actually this guy was actually like he that. could not read he could not i oh. mean he i think he can like he remembered the symbols but he could not really read okay um you know like that kind of he was a truck driver and, yes and okay. he actually looked like him too so i'm like this is really cool and depressing at the same time <laughs> you think he would at least have to read road signs right or he just yes, get lost yes. a lot yeah, no, he, I think he was able to, but yeah, it's it's crazy. But he was only doing local delivery, so you yeah. know, like he's familiar with the oh, local area. area yeah. yeah. So, but yes, that was the deployment for a um, a trucking um, optimization software, and one of the things we figured out was, um, you know, like um, I'm not sure if we want to piss off the union, but 
Yeah. <laughs> Union workers are slacking <laughs> off. No, this one is crazy. So the um, this is long in your past, right? Yes. Yeah. This fuck was, the trucking the, union. This was well, it wasn't the trucking union. It was the mill. It was the paper mill. Okay. So basically, there's this piece of paper. They would take out a small section of the piece of paper and hand it off to the next guy, next guy, next okay. guy. Eventually, it lands on this uh, window, glass window with a lady behind it. Uh huh. And then the lady takes whatever you pass to her, and then she puts it down. And like, like in the trash or what? Yes, exactly. It was in the trash. I didn't know it was in the trash at first. Oh. So I was just, so what does that do? Yeah, what does that do? And she's like, oh, I just put it in the trash. And I'm like, why? That's my job. Wait, was there info on this paper or what? Yeah, it was It was tracking like all the, the shipments and all the products being um created being produced so the only reason she's there is because of the union and the position has to be there according to the union yes but it wasn't really doing anything anymore for the company Mm -hmm. so it's crazy to me how there's a lot of these inefficiencies um you know not just from the government side but from the even the private sector it's still happening and it's i know the union is important for other things but there are cases like this where it gets abused to the other point where it's just you know wrong. Like was that her whole job? Yeah, that was her whole job. I mean, that's the only thing that I knew she was doing. Man, that's a great I, job. <laughs> I want that job. Yeah, but no, I, I wasn't there that long. But at least in a couple of days that I visited the office, that was all she was doing. Okay, so this this data was getting tracked and collected and put on a piece of paper. And yeah. a chain of people would have like four people would hand it yeah, off. Yeah, I was just trying to understand the process. Like we yeah. were trying to optimize the process, and we're like, you know, like how can we make it better, right? Yeah. So you have to go through like finding out like what's going on, and this happened, and I'm like, um, yeah, why? And the answer is because it's a unionized shop. Yeah. No, I was an accountant, so I was stuck in a lot of processes that I had no power to change. There you go. That you want to be more yep. efficient. And yes, it's it's not necessarily her fault. I mean, it's just the way it is, right? It's, it's the system. Uh, I mean, that's probably a judgment of her character. Unless unless she didn't, had no other opportunity to need the job for the money for, to feed her kids or something, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But like, I hate sitting here and putting this piece of paper in the trash, but <laughs> this is, I need the paycheck. Really hard. Um, really well, hard job. Yeah, so I mean, hey, nobody wants this poor lady to lose her job. True. But true. what would be ideal to have her repurposed to something useful? Yep. That, yeah. But anyway, that, get a job, lady. Yep. That's <laughs> well, she has a job, and it's great. Like you said, right? It's perfect. Like you know, she did is sit and take wait, wait. a piece of paper. And was she watching TV or anything, or was she just sitting there at the desk waiting for that piece of paper to come up on the window? I think she was keeping herself busy with something else. She's like knitting. I don't remember. This is the important part of the story. I want to find out what the fuck she was doing for eight hours waiting to put the piece of paper in the trash. Uh, yeah, I don't remember um, if it was TV or something else. Yeah. But it was something ridiculous. It was like, she was, I think she had a computer. So maybe she was playing solitaire, like you said. She was playing that uh, Minesweeper game. A Minesweeper. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for eight hours a day. Somewhere in the U.S. is the Minesweeper champion. There you go. That is spending fucking eight hours a day just <laughs> just destroying Minesweeper's ass. I bet. Even today. I bet even right now in 2021 somewhere there's a See, Minesweeper Pro. Those graphic or those games were like so simple back then. I mean, yeah. that was it. And now you're like, you know, so like 
you're immersed in the in the software, right? I mean, that just um, tells to the um, the same effect as the more powerful machines, mm-hmm. more powerful games, more powerful software getting loaded. So it's like a play of catch up, right? I mean, both sides. I hear those games are actually created. So Minesweeper, Solitaire. What's an? Uh, is there any other? Ones? Was there a pinball one for a while? pinball yeah but uh, i hear microsoft uh did that because they wanted people to use the mouse more so they're trying to create something mm. to because think of minesweeper you have to the boxes are fairly small enough you have mm. to click and you also have to left uh right click too so they okay. purposely wanted the right click to be in there so that was, was a secret a, mouse training yeah nice yeah see How about that that's exactly what they should produce <laughs> logical <laughs> yeah appeals to the that's emotional kind, aspect kind of mathematical yeah you gotta at least add and subtract right yeah well you can just randomly click too oh you can't be the champion in the u.s yeah right you can't now. be the champion though yeah you see that five you know what's going on yep <laughs> all right we're gonna go into the final question section what did i waste all our time <laughs> so this is part two for you but uh wait did i really fuck it up could we have gotten like a lot more wisdom out of oscar if i hadn't been <laughs> jerking around the whole time maybe i don't know <laughs> Sorry, Actually, Oscar. say I would say yes. Oscar is a big bucket of wisdom, and we didn't get to tap into that much. But it was all good. A bucket of wisdom. I'm gonna a get big you a, bucket. Get you a t-shirt. Uh, if I told you to put five thousand dollars into cryptocurrency, what would you think? What co- what questions come to mind? Hmm. Um, one, if I have the money, I would so do it. Um. Is the question like which cryptocurrency should I put it on? Just any thoughts that come to mind. Hmm. If you didn't spend it on all your hybrid cars. No, I mean, I would spend it on crypto. Um, what specifically in crypto? Probably learning NFTs and producing NFTs right now. Oh, you do that for thing. free. You don't need five grand to do that. No, just to learn and, you know, how what's like what's making it successful for all these people and hire graphic artists and all that. I don't think you need a graphic artist, no. right? <laughs> it's I like, mean, you can so, produce. It's like eight pixel drawings or something. Yes, some of them are, yes. <laughs> but I mean, still, like, you still need to have some kind of graphic skills. Yeah. Okay. On the thought of which cryptocurrencies. Uh, I still feel like um, Ethereum is the, the best one out there. Um, I feel like it has a good balance of um, usefulness. I mean, I feel like Bitcoin in particular is like not really useful for anything other than people perceiving it as having value. Mm. Um, other than that, it's not good for anything else. But Ethereum can actually be used for something useful. Again, that's too logical thinking. I mean, yeah. it's too logical, so I'm pretty sure that's not going to work. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that seems to be the case, right? And yeah. and again, you know, like when the internet uh, started becoming like a mainstream thing, um, all those companies that were, you know, selling like um, like the Red Hat, Red Hat distribution uh, of the uh, Linux distro. Um, What's a Red Susa, Hat? Like there's all these brands, like they, they try to bundle up their own versions of Linux. Ah. So the operating system, so to compete with Windows. Um, Red Hat is actually one of the better stories because they're actually successful and they got bought by IBM, I think, recently. Is that a um, reference to White Hat and Black Hat or not? No, related? no, no. Oh, okay. Not, not related to that at all. Okay. It's just uh, this guy with a fedora, um, Red Hat. I think his silhouette was Red Hat or was it the other way around? Okay. I forgot. But 
Um, the, the thing I'm, I'm um, looking at here is that logically back then I was already like, you know, tinkering with computers, right? And I'm like, oh, this is like a really big thing. Like this will become a big hit. And then of course it never went anywhere because one, it's logical. And then two, <laughs> it's totally uh, utilitarian. It's, it's yeah. for the OS and, you know, for all these other things. Um, whereas when Facebook came out, I'm like, man, this is just garbage, like wasting my time. No, you put up a picture. My friends could see my picture. Yeah, but it doesn't really help you do anything. It doesn't produce anything. Like, logically, that's my thinking. So yeah. from a logical perspective, that's how I look at things. Yeah. Uh, like when I buy my car, um, I look at like, you know, my total cost of ownership, like all this crazy stuff. And then I heard the salesman just uh, comes to you in the parking lot and says, what color car do you want today? Yeah. Like, that's the first question they ask. Like, I'm not sure how true that is for, is that the majority or is that a few? But the point is that, again, the color is more about the emotional side as opposed to the logical side. Yeah. Like, they appeal more to that. So me saying like, go with Ethereum, it's probably gonna tank Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> Luckily, the NFTs are living on Ethereum. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Do you yeah. have any Axie Infinity questions? I, I know I, um, Oscar doesn't have much information on Axie Infinity in the uh, Philippines. Yeah. Uh, what was your thoughts with Axie Infinity? Actually, uh, you never brought up, um, you, you talked to, I, I guess you slightly brought up via text um, if there is a way to collaborate with, um, to create a team, and then maybe your Do you want to sponsor yeah. a less fortunate person in the Philippines? For, for sure, we can we can do that. Uh, so, um, again, that's why my answer earlier to you was like, if I had the money. So mm. my wife is putting up a hospice uh, business right now. So mm. like you're gonna be rich, hopefully. That's right. that's the reason why you put up a company. But I mean, she's really passionate about helping and all that. Like yeah, I was being insensitive. No, no, but at the same time, like you put up a company for a yeah. reason, right? I mean, you don't want to waste your time on. If you're just not making uh, go with the emotion, man. go with the emotion. Yes, but it's also very <laughs> for her. It's very uh, an emotional thing. Like she feels like yeah. a lot of um, hospices out there are not like really helping. I, the horror stories sometimes. Yes. Of so hospices, if you need nursing care outside of the hospital, and hospice means you ain't got much time left. You're gonna you're on you're on the way out. Yep. You're you're dying, and yep. the hospice care is the end of the road. Yeah. Um, it's like hey. We know you're gonna die. How comfortable can we make you? Yeah. So it can be great or it can be terrible. Yes, exactly. So, so to me, like at the moment, the the money's going flowing that way because there's a lot of startup that you have to um, startup costs that you have to pay for. How many government agencies do you have to deal with? I think she dealt with two at least um, so far. Okay. I'm not sure if that's it or there's some that I wasn't even aware of. I guarantee you there's more. Probably. <laughs> Probably. It's coming. Yep. So, and that's why my answer was like, you know, for Axie, like I wanted to, but at the same time, like, ah, I can't really mm. afford to do it right now. Yeah. But if, you know, like if you just want me to help set you up with, you know, hook you up with somebody there, I can definitely do that. Mm. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help us. Would it help your relative? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, there's definitely um, that market. I'm not, I'm not sure why most of the people that they interviewed were in the far north. I'm not sure if that's like, uh, just happens to be the case that oh. they picked those people, but 
they seem to only have people from the really up north section of the country. Is that where the um, reporter was? I don't know. Um, it's it's a surprise. I mean, usually you don't hear from the provinces at all. Oh. Um, it's rare, but I mean, in this case, I guess they were able to hold get hold of somebody. From oh, there. you know what it is? It has to be somebody who doesn't have other good opportunities. So what? So what we're talking about for our listeners is uh, Axie Infinity is a game built on the Ethereum blockchain. Correct me at any point if I'm not correct, but it's a Pokemon-like video game where if you played a Pokemon video game, there you're these characters battling. But this game is built such that there's a substantial buy-in where you got to buy your characters. But if you play your team every day, there's a way to earn some money on a daily basis. And it's something like 10 bucks a day, which um, I don't know if it costs you a thousand dollars to buy the team to make 10 bucks a day. Then you're like, well, really I'm only doing this if I, if I love Ethereum and I want to buy into this game uh, because it's kind of the only thing going on right now. There's uh, some other games you can play, but this is the first big one yeah. um, that's really functional and, and it's it's got this weird setup. And then what that ends up doing is if you're in the Philippines and you ain't got a better job, then 10 bucks a day is pretty good money. Like you can, you can if, you're, if you're starving and you're hungry, yeah. 10 bucks a day sounds great. So, so to an American, we'd, we'd laugh at 10 bucks. We're trying to get 10 bucks an hour you know, for bullshit jobs, but in other countries, it's a different equation based on your costs and your opportunities. Yes. So uh, what we're talking about is the possibility of, can we buy a team to help somebody we know make 10 bucks a day? Yeah. And, and, uh, and I guess the thing, thing is if, if it's a thousand dollars to buy this team, sounds crazy, sounds like a lot, right? But we have some Ethereum that's in excess of that. And then whatever you buy for a thousand, presumably doesn't lose its value. Right. You're converting your Ethereum into these Axie team. So hopefully it still has value. It's kind of like if you, if you spent money on a Rolex watch, you're not losing the money. You're, yeah. you're buying a thing that has value. So can we, can we buy this team and help somebody in a, in a less fortunate situation across the world, right across the Pacific ocean? Yeah. So if it helps that person make 10 bucks a day, that might be good. Yeah. Oh, so if you're interested, then for sure we would be we, do that. we would almost be assholes not to, unless we can justify that there's some cost to us. That I don't know. Am I generally correct? Limbs being very no, judgmentally no, no. silent. No, it's, silent. <laughs> <laughs> it's how is that how my face looks when I'm quiet? I'm bitch face all the time. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a lot of details we'll have to iron out, and yeah. we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, um, yeah. On the the. In case the audience doesn't know, the so the ten dollars a day, some of the the players play, and then they the, some of that goes to a manager. So uh, I don't, I actually don't know the math. I don't know if that player could make twenty dollars a day, but fifty percent usually goes to the managers and the investors and the people that help set that up. So without the investors, those people wouldn't even get that ten dollars a day. Right. Yeah. In a way, it's like setting up a company and then. Kind of, you know, yeah. have a worker who is able to, yeah, take home money. Yep. yep. Yes, it's a new digital way to exploit overseas workers. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the American way. Sad, um, but at least, but and to defend it, <laughs> at least in this uh, with Axie Infinity, they can get enough money within um, how many months would it be? 
I don't know, it'd be six months, they could potentially buy their own team and then set up, buy their own team and then keep 100% of their thing. Whereas most um, uh, pyramid schemes, the, the, the lower people usually don't have enough to ever yeah, we'll create their own thing. Yep. Are you calling this a pyramid scheme? I am trying to say it's not a pyramid <laughs> scheme because they could buy their own way out or they could buy their own team and make more money later. Yeah, I could tell you this for me would be entirely altruistic because I don't give a shit about 10 bucks a day. Like I'm so lucky that I don't need 10 bucks a day. Like any, any effort is not worth 10 bucks a day. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next question. What can you not live without? Excluding the obvious water, food, sleep, health, computers. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> oh, if okay. all, wait, can you even imagine your life if all computers died today? Um, I guess I can. I mean, I, I like making things. I'm a maker. So I build stuff. I, you know, do other things, I guess. But yes, I'm also very. Um, so you'd be making cabinets? On, yeah, cabinets or. Whatever. Well, how old were you when you got your first computer? You just turned on paper, bro. My first <laughs> well, computer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was here in the U.S. already when I got my first computer. I never owned my own. So was you were over 19 years old? Oh, yeah. I was 20. Oh, wow. Probably like 22. Was yeah. it a used 386 or something? Oh, no. I bought a brand new one on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, hey, I remember it was from the uh, uh, city of California. California City? Or is it California City? I don't know. Yeah. I, think it's, I think they call it City of California. Weird. In, Weird. Is it in California or somewhere it else? It is in California, and you can actually, um, on the way to Bakersfield, I actually see it. I see the sign like uh, oh. California City or whatever, City of California. And then yeah. I always like, I'm always tempted, like, do I want to take a detour and just look? Because <laughs> like, that's where my first computer came from. Um, and then I look on Google uh, Map, and it's like, uh, it's like uh, nothing. Like, it's just far. a grid of like a few blocks and it's like nothing like a tiny uh, city yeah i would love it if their city lines was in the shape of the california ah there you go that'd be kind of cool yeah yeah i asked that question and how old were you because when your question with uh if if electronics all died out computers all died out right now yeah because he had his his childhood was without electronics really or computers yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's easier for you probably to go back to that time yeah. i would think it's probably old ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably all the kids nowadays. If, yeah. I mean, I mean, you see them at two and three years old, they're playing on smartphones and tablets. Like it would be interesting when they hit 30 years old and then you, if somehow you could rip away computers just to see how they would react. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they literally can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, say you as a developer, as a software developer, what would be your fantasy thing that you could be working on? Like if you could, be working on any software what would be your what would be the most interesting exciting i've always wondered what it would be like to work for um what they call them the fang uh oh. the only, facebook only fans no no no, no like oh. the, uh, <laughs> facebook apple uh netflix google amazon yeah. amazon, amazon yeah. sorry yeah. double a f-a-a-n-g okay yeah i always wondered what it's like working with those um companies and then the people in them like yeah, like you said, like how how high am I in that in that range? Like ah. I want to be, you know, able to compete with those guys and see, like you know, is that like being in the NBA? Like the I guess so. You wanna yeah, get to the, yeah. You want to get to the Super Bowl? Yep, yep. In a that's way, that's exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. a great answer. I like that. Yeah, There's, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too old to to do that now, but that would be no, if, you, if I had a. No, you could show those punks some uh, 
<laughs> now they, they have like a different like way of doing things now like uh, they had like a lot of um what do they call them uh, those tests those uh like rorschach tests uh, no like they would um make you do like um like a how would you do a bubble sort like what's the best way to sort mm-hmm. uh there's like all all these different ways of sorting things yeah and to me i stopped looking at those because to me like i just find like what's the most efficient one that i've seen yeah. and i use that as opposed to reinventing everything like i said right so they always uh, a lot of their interviews are based on the very basic stuff that the foundational stuff like yeah you know like how do you create this uh a steering wheel like yeah i don't want to build a steering wheel i want to use that steering wheel and just use it and get going yeah um, so that's the the big dilemma like once you get to that um interview they would ask all this Nah, this, is a, this is fantasy. You don't have to. We'll skip, we'll skip you past the interview. Straight, right, right. straight to the there cafeteria. You there you go. Straight to the cafeteria. <laughs> no, I, I again, I heard good things about like their cafeteria with like, uh, there's like a European um, <laughs> chef doing his thing. There's a Asian. There's a you know, fancy like cheeses. Yes, yes. Yeah. Wait, wait. So is is your wife's hospice company going to have an incredible website? It's going to be super awesome. My daughter actually built the site. What? Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. So yes, there's some good uh, female programmers out there. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Is she high school or? Uh, yes, yeah, she just went to high school. Awesome. Yeah, she just started. No, if you can learn to program in high school, yeah. it's badass. Yeah, yeah. Next question: At what age did you see yourself the most mature, and what caused that? So this is a very kind of abstractish question, like just events in your life that caused you to get more mature. To be honest, I don't feel mature at all. <laughs> Good answer. Um, no, so dick jokes um, all day. I I still do. I still I, I love to joke around. Uh, you know, like maybe not that specifically, but um, I love joking around and you know just having fun. And yes, it can be might be inappropriate sometimes, but for the most part, I would say I'm still not quite there yet. But at the same time, I felt like the past couple of years. I've actually learned again, you know, things like there's a lot of things I don't know. Like, like I was probably one of those stupid people you Bring mentioned. Closer. Oh, one of those stupid people you mentioned earlier, where mm. they don't know that they don't know. Like, yeah, I've come to that point where, yes, it may not be that mature, but at least I know. Like, there's a lot of things I don't know. Mm. There's still a lot of people out there who are, you know, better than me at certain things, and yeah, there's a lot to learn out there. Um, I learned like honesty is one thing, but there's also like, um, what's the compassionate, I guess. Like, like sometimes it, it pays to be honest, but at the same time, like sometimes you can't be too brutal about being just, oh, dude, oh I, you're, you know, like you're so ugly. Like, you know, I mean, no, things I, like that. I almost told a guy yesterday he has a hair, terrible haircut. Ah. It's like, it's like a buzz and then he let it grow out. And so it's a, a, like an overgrown buzz, but then he shaves his sideburn. So he's got zero sideburn. And I felt compassionately I should tell him, hey, man, you have a horrible haircut. Nobody likes that. But I didn't tell him. It's tough because he might really like it or I right. don't know. It's so weird. to me, that's where, you know, like figuring out like. We need haircut you, intelligence also. Are you close mm-hmm. enough to that person? Like, you know, do are they expecting that from Do they trust you enough to be able to. What if he's just going through his life and nobody's telling him about his terrible haircut? That's the thing. Um, And that's that's the hard part about being uh, honest completely. Yeah. And, you know, being having some compassion for your the other person. 
I feel like that's what's happening with um, Mark Zuckerberg, Kim Jong-un, and the guy that owns the Raiders. They all have terrible haircuts, but they're in positions of such high power right. that nobody's going to tell them, hey, man, what's up with your hair? Or they probably believe that they're, you know, even if somebody <laughs> tells them, they're like, no, no, this is the next big thing. <laughs> well, presumably they have mirrors. So, like, you could you could look at yourself and they must see themselves and want this weird haircut. Yeah. So, I don't get it. Like, I mean, can't you see that nobody else is no, doing this? No, but that's the other thing. It's like, you want to be different, right? So... You could be different better, not different worse. <laughs> well, it, it's a... Uh, that, that part is a bit subjective, though. Is that like, the power flex of, like... Right? <laughs> I want to have the most fucked up haircut. Nobody's going to tell me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. I'm derailing the final <laughs> question. <laughs> Next question. What keeps you up at night? At night? What thoughts? What are you worried about? Nothing, really. I mean, I... Well... I worry like if I, you know, if something happens to me, what would happen to my family and all that. Mm. But at the same time, I am trying to make sure that I address that and prepare for it. So nothing really. I, I really try to make it the point that, you know, it's all there. It's ready. Like if something happens. So, yeah. Nice. Wait. So was there a big uh, maturity like gravity when you had kids? Did you have to? Did you change it all or were you just like, eh, I no. got some kids? Yeah. No, in fact, when I, um, this is something I only recently um, realized as well. Like, yes, I spent time with my kids and all that, but I was so focused with work that I didn't really spend, I feel like I didn't spend enough time with them. Oh. And I'm only like realizing this now. Like, yeah. at the same time, like, there were times when my son was like, you're like a helicopter dad, dad. you're always there, like, watching and like, always <laughs> hovering. So, Finding oh. that balance, right? I mean, it's it's hard, but I feel like it's only now, only like maybe the past three, maybe four years that mm -hmm. I really started to realize that. Um, little things like, um, uh, again, like, you know, it's not all logical. There's yeah. an emotional aspect of things. I mean, we started a startup. Um, With your maybe, kids? No, no, like oh. well, we, me and my um, friends back in um, maybe 2005-ish. Okay. And we said, we're not going to have any salespeople. Uh -huh. We're just going to build and they will come. You know, yeah. this, this was a thing back then, right? Right. And then um, only like recently I started realizing like, you know what? It's not all logical. Like, and like I keep repeating, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's just because it's logical doesn't mean it will translate to the masses. Like, yeah. And that's, I think it's a big uh, realization on my part. Um, and that's why I always try to tell everyone that, you know, like, it's not always just logical. It, there's another yeah. component. And if you can't reach them, there's no point in being logical because they're not going to hear you. All right. So what a logical thing can we do to get everybody on earth to watch this podcast? TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> do so, some crazy stuff. We're, can we do a TikTok dance after this? <laughs> I don't know if you want me to be dancing or it, singing. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, what's, what's the guy... Um, who was on uh, American Idol? Um, Simon. No, no, he was so bad that he became a thing. William Hung. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be different and you want to be popular, right? I, well, let me ask you this. Is his life better for having been famous as a terrible singer? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. Uh, he probably made some good money out of it. I um, hope. I heard he actually got... Um, singing lessons and that's how he it stopped after yeah 
it stopped because he tried to get singing lessons. He became a good singer. He, and he, then he it better singer. Not maybe the best, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, oh, it's, that's not him. <laughs> okay. If you get famous for sucking at something, don't go getting good at it. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> Suck more. Yeah. Next question. What inspires you? Um, I, I, know I guess family. Um, I know who sucks more. Is that guy that always shocks himself with electricity? Electro boom. <laughs> yeah, he's on, a, yeah. on YouTube. There's a he's. Uh, I think he just deals more with electronics and trying yeah. to fix electri- electrical stuff. Oh, <laughs> and he's constantly shocking himself. It's pretty funny. I, I I haven't seen that one yet. Oh yeah, he yeah. he always finds a way to shock himself, like zap himself, electric <laughs> elect- electrocute himself, and so he's. <laughs> Hey, he's never strayed from the. He's never gotten good at fixing anything. He just keeps hey. zapping himself, <laughs> and then people keep watching him, <laughs> waiting for him to get zapped. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, inspiration. So your family. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Family again. You know, just making sure that uh, they're taken care of even when I'm gone. Mm. And I always ask them that question, like, you know, what happens when I'm gone? Like, yeah. Last Bummer. question. What's the best vacation you've been on? Best, best vacation. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. vacation. Yeah. By the beach, somewhere. Beach. Any yeah. beach. Any beach, yeah. You love the beach. Wait, have you been to Hawaii? No, I have not, actually. I I always worry that Hawaii would disappoint me once I get there. Like, because mm. one, I lived in the Philippines, <laughs> tropical. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, seems like the best features of, I mean, the best thing that people always say when they're in Hawaii is because of the beaches and, you know, yeah. all these things. And I'm like, I've already lived on the beaches and yes it might be different but how different could it be like compared to like going somewhere in um, where's that area where they had the um, cottages right on the water is that in the Maldives Fiji I think Maldives maybe but I yeah I, I don't remember exactly where but that's my like you know like I want to go there and just try it out because that's that's another level up seems like well it's fun like you're you're living on top of the water like you're actually yeah. on the water so you know it's it's that kind of thing but i mean hawaii to me is well, like, i mean logically then you gotta go get a boat with a glass bottom go. there you go <laughs> that's that's yeah should as long yeah. as you have satellite uh, connection satellite feed for your internet no that's the whole beauty of it you're supposed to disconnect nah i like mixing things up okay what if, <laughs> what if uh hawaii has uh, coconut bras and presumably women wearing coconuts as bras. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. No? Okay. I tried. I tried Hawaii. I tried to sell you another <laughs> tourist. Do you like spam? They love spam over there. Actually, I do have a lot of supply of spam. <laughs> I, it's the emergency thing. But yes, I also cook uh, spam fried rice every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any last closing thoughts? Give Hawaii a shot, man. No, I, I just love um, you know talking to you guys. I always enjoy hanging out with you guys. So yeah, yeah. thank you for having me. Thank you for talking three hours with us, Oscar. Uh, awesome dude. Thank you, Oscar. Hey. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.